Hey, Nick. Hey, Jeff. What's going on? I'm getting ready to light up a bishop. I just had a gator. That's awesome. Aren't they great cigars? You know, they really, really are. You can pick up your own bishop and gator over at martinezcigars.com. Martinezcigars.com? Martinezcigars.com has the bishop and gator in a variety of size packages. (laughs) Packages. You would like that, wouldn't you? (laughs) Anyway, head on over to martinezcigars.com for the bishop and gator. Hello, everybody. This is Paul Allen. I'm the the guy that wrote the book, When Tobacco Was King, A History of Tobacco in Canada and the United States, A Southerner's Global Journey. Uh, Glad to be with uh, Nick and Gator. I appreciate you guys having me. And I know Nick and Gator are a little upset that I didn't have a pop-up in the book, but maybe, uh, maybe a second edition we can do that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me as always... Gator. And we have, back by popular demand... Popular demand. Popular demand, we have Pinky. Yeah, girl, Pinky. Yay! How, how are you today? I'm excellent. How are you guys? Good. It's a nice day out here. It is a nice day. Beautiful. We brought Pinky to Top Shooters. We did. We did. I, I feel she, like this is an this is initiation right here. Yeah. Well, yeah. This I mean, oh, up until now has been like rush recruitment, and now it's like... Yeah. Just part, don't haze me. Part please. of the club. I'm very scared of the hazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Jeff, you should be. Yes. I mean, it probably involves like bidets and. Well, you have bidets. God, well, then I'm like, in. Yeah. Pinky's oh, got that's bidets. Tr- that's true. Oh, my God. We'll have to get into that. She drank the Kool Aid on the bidet. We'll have to get into that in a <laughs> that little didn't bit. Sound that was very descriptive. Yeah. It's <laughs> not true for even one second. <laughs> Oh Not even a little bit. Oh. Well, today we're going to be mixing things up a little bit. We're going to be smoking another selection from the November My Monthly Cigars Wait, box. Wait, a Tuesday My Monthly Cigar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. We're kind of shifting things around a little bit a here. A little bit. But that's okay. Working on the fly. We are. We are. So today we're going to be smoking the Padilla Siri 1968. It is a 5x50 Robusto with a Nicaraguan Corojo wrapper. A Nicaraguan Criollo and Corojo filler. You said that very well. And the binder is unknown or non-existent. So it's like a secret sauce. No one knows exactly. And as for saying it really well, I I do some show prep. Jeff, on the other hand, I just I pulled it out of the uh, my monthly bag. (laughs) Two two seconds ago, bovid a seal of freshness (laughs) was broken. (laughs) A seal of freshness. (laughs) Hold on, I got to get mine out of the cellophane. Ah, God. He does this all the time. That's that's like ASMR a little bit. Have you guys heard of that? I don't know what no. that is. <gasps> it's um, it's a phenomenon. You know when you get goosebumps. So it's anything that would induce that physical response in your body, but it has like a physiological response to calm you. Here's the thing, though: it's either all or nothing. It either works for you and it works really well, or, don't you, think don't, this or you don't respond Nick. to it. No, that doesn't calm me. Like at that all. to me. That mm-hmm. see. Stop it. Got it. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Well, yeah. So it's already triggered folks. Already throwing me off here. So anyway, so today we're going to have an interview that Pinky was so kind to help us with because she read the book. Um, She put in the man hours. (laughs) She put in the man hours. We have an interview with Paul Allen, and he wrote a book, When Tobacco Was King. He's a cool cat. A History of Tobacco in Canada and the United States, A Southerner's Global Journey. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking to Paul all about his book, and we're even going to be giving away a copy of his book later in the show, so stay tuned for that. Yes. It'll be great. 
you have nothing else to contribute <laughs> other than yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was waiting for I was for doing the, my Ed McMahon. I know. I, I was like. I was doing my Ed McMahon. Yes. See, I don't. Ed McMahon, um, what was the guy from the uh, Gary Shandling show? Oh, the uh, tuber? Uh, he would sit. He the, was this, the bald-headed guy. Yeah, he would sit there and he'd be like, hey now. Hey now. Hey now. I loved him. That was my ringtone for a while. I think he passed No, he didn't. Look it up. He did not. Look it up. I'm almost positive. No, he didn't. He was the dad on uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, I think he passed away. He did not die. Hold on. on. All right. What's his name? It's Jeffrey Tuber? Uh, It's Jeffrey. Yes. I don't know Tuber, but. Okay, hold on. Tambor. Tambor, that's it. Jeffrey Tambor. See, when I hear Hey Now, I think Howard Stern. Hey Now. That's how he starts the show. Hey Now. (laughs) I haven't listened to Howard in a long time. Well, he's got a really interesting schedule now, so it's like maybe two days a week. You know what? I may be wrong. I was going to say that dude's totally alive. He was born July 8th, 1944. His age is 76 years old, and he lives in California and San Francisco. Yeah. Hmm. He's alive. No, he is alive. He's six foot one, by the way. Okay. All right, I'm getting my dry erase board out. One for Nick. Yep. Nick's right. I got a point. All right. Well, Broken clock. How about we go ahead and prep these cigars? Okay. So the official cutting is brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. Our man Dan over there at Riverman. Great selection of cigars. And Pinky hung out with us at Riverman prior to the Martinez event. I will never forget that night. That was a you fun night. You started your birthday there. T- tell I us, did. Tell us your thoughts of Riverman. Yes. It w- Dan is... Probably one of the nicest guys. I've, he has stories for oh, everything, yeah. yep. and I, yep. I I love being around people that where I can just sit there for eight hours and learn. And unlike me, the stories are true. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> for the last two hours, I've been hearing stories from Jeff, and I can't tell you what what's true and what's not. I just assume that's all true. It that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's the opposite of what you should it be makes doing. Some, like, I had Nick convinced for quite a while that my middle name was just an initial. Remember that? What? Yeah, I had you convinced. That was early on. So I always, I have this story because my middle initial is S and I tell people, they're like, oh, what is, what's your middle name? And I said, oh, I don't have one. It's just the initial. And they look at me and I'm like, well, okay. So my mom's dad's name was Scott and my father's dad's name was Steven and they couldn't agree on, an, on what to say. So they just made it S so it covered both sides of the family. And people buy that. I would 100. You look like a guy that would have just the middle initial. I know, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it suits you well. Yeah. It's actually Stephen. I would say it's Stephen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which was my which was my grandfather Waldo's middle name. Of course, you have a grandfather named Waldo. I do. See, just keep talking. I could just sit here all day and just (laughs) say it. Back to Riverman, though. So (laughs) I digress. It was a it was a very very cool experience having uh, the Martinez guys. I'm fine with digressing, just not in the middle of an ad. Yes. Truth, truth. You anyway. do it to him all the time. No, they, he was very welcoming, very knowledgeable, and uh, the selection is just Dan's amazing. a hoot. And you played the piano. I did. I, you probably didn't know I played the piano. I didn't know you played the um, piano. You're like and an you onion. just like took the piano and ran with it. Well, Dan, I mean, it was a couple drinks into the night, and Dan at one point says, anybody in here happen to play? And everybody just sat there, and I thought, well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll play. It's been a long, I mean, it's probably been 20 years since I've sat I saw I've a video. I'd gone home because I was tired, but I saw a video of that, and it was really good. Nice. It took a, it took a while for the for it to come back. It's one that of those piano things. is historic. It is. It it's is. from the, what, old Chase Park Plaza. Well, yes. And mm-hmm. uh, who was it? Nat King Cole yep. played that piano played back mm-hmm. in the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You've tickled See? the same ivories as Nat King Cole. Well, already there. There you go. So, <laughs> but aside from everything pe- he says comes off dirty somehow. I don't know why. It's innocent, you sack of crap. That was totally tickling that King was, Cole's ivories. That was supposed. Why do you make it all dirty? 
Anyway, Dan's got lots of cigars. Three dollars. I think he was thinking, and I just had the lack of tech. Fifteen hundred square foot covered patio off the front to hang out. Love you, Dan. Yeah, Dan's great. He is. He is. That's all you can say. That's all you can say. So, Riverman anyway, Cigar Company. If you're in the St. Louis area, go by Riverman. If you're not in the St. Louis area, he does mail order. So he does. Just give him a call, and he can ship you a nice box of cigars. You can also get your funnel four pack. Yeah, and yes, make sure you get in touch with him because the first round of the uh, Battle of the Budgets Funnel Four, as Jeff has called it, is coming up uh, here at the end of November. So you're going to want to make sure you get your funnel four pack so you can uh, smoke along with us on that. So you can't say final. And four together because it's copyrighted. So yep, yep. So he's called it the Sweat Sixteen, the Funnel Four, and then we just have it as the championship because there's no copyright. You can't copyright championship. Champion. Anyway, so yeah. But anyway, I think that's what fifteen dollars plus shipping. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's a it's, it's a, good, a deal. good deal for four good cigars. Any one of them could win. So yeah. you know, get your Funnel Four pack and smoke along with us. Yep, it's a strong anyway. strong field. Riverman Cigar Company, Crestwood, Missouri. Now it's time that we go ahead and <laughs> bash our microphone. The microphone. We'll do that again. Cut the cigar. It's like deja vu, isn't it, Pinky? <laughs> it is. It's Listen. like we already did that once. You're such a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Nick edited that out, but it was great. I will be. <laughs> you should leave it in now. I it's might, worth it. I it's might worth just it. because I don't know. I'm lazy. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we'll go ahead and cut this. So. You go Mine first. will be the official biting. I don't have my cutter. You can borrow the cutter, okay. but See, we'll it, let her do it first. It takes me a good 10 minutes still to figure out which side actually does the cutting. The side with the button is the V-cut. Okay. The All side right. without the button is the straight cut. Okay. God, that's nice. Right? She did the that's V-cut. Nice. Jeffrey. Oh, I'll go first. We'll let, we'll let you go, You know what? Jeff, oh. Jeff just <laughs> put... Cigar. I put Pinky's butt all over me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how rumors get started. I mean, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. <laughs> and then he put his butt all over the floor. Yes. Anyway. Not the first time that's happened either. Oh, my gosh. All right. So you're going to go through the whole pre-light ritual here with us and everything. So, well, oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good right um, off the bat. Did I, you shank it? Um. Oh, you shanked I cracked the shit out of the cap on that thing. Mine's just fine. How about yours, Pinky? Perfect. I mean, just... It's a rookie mistake over there. Cracked. You might want to smoke it backwards. I can't smoke it backwards, Is that a thing? I do it. If I mess up the uh, the head on it like Mm -hmm. that, I'll just smoke it foot first. I'll turn it around. This is going to be a nightmare. Well, I apologize. Nick says you can't do that, but I do it all the time. I apologize if I'm folks at Padilla, because I'm probably going to have... A hellacious smoking experience with the cigar after cracking the holy hell out of the cap by cutting it there. I don't really know what to do. It was do like it that. had a small C4 charge inside of it. Yeah, it kind of blew up. You're going to go straight then? I'm going to try and straight cut and see if... Salvage? See if I can kind of salvage a little bit, but... Fuck. All right, well... Here, do you want mine? Oh, my God. Look at this thing. Here, I'll try it. No, you've been sucking all over the end of it. (laughs) Oh my god, Jeff. Would you like mine? No. You're gonna you're gonna smoke it backwards, aren't you? No, I'm not gonna smoke it. No, I'm not gonna smoke it backwards. Why not? Because the 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 blender, they have the way the cigar is supposed to be. like I said, I'm not proud, I'll smoke it backwards. I get it, but I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Uh, Do you mean to go get my pectin for you so you can seal it back up? No. 
What are you getting on the cold draw? Hold on. So the cold draw is when you take the cigar and you, you kind of draw on it like you would if it were lit, but it would be unlit. And then you get the flavors. So, so and I also it, do so the cold retro hail. So give that a try. Try, try mm-hmm. and give it the... Yeah, and Jeff does his cold retro hail, which... Whatever. That's not a thing. Yeah, it is. Is it? Oh, yeah. Stop. It's really not. It is. It's Jeffrey taking off. S., I don't believe you. It's taking off. <laughs> it's taking off. We need pictures of Nick, like... I'm licking the hell out, out of the cigar. I know, right? Here. It's kind of disconcerting. I'm trying to get the leaf flattened here so that... It's oh. going to be everywhere in my mouth. This is going to Pinky, suck so I'm, I want to apologize now because he's going to bitch about that for the oh, next God, hour and a half. I have no idea. I'm going to smoke this thing so fucking fast. <laughs> I'm going to move on to something else. I, I'm sorry. I Like I, I said, I, I'm relying on you two to give a good review or a review, a proper review of this cigar because I am telling you right now, I'm going to hate smoking this. I think it's kind of leathery. Because of what I did. I don't think that was the cigar's fault. Um, there's a sweetness. You get a little sweetness? I'm not getting the sweetness. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. I'm well, getting the leathery. Maybe it's my brain tumor. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Been having any headaches I'm not or anything? Get, no, I'm not getting leathery. I'm getting sweetness. Are you getting anything? No. <laughs> no, like, so just like... It, Walk it, me it, through this. Okay, so here's the thing. Our, our friends over at Cigar Authority have a flavor wheel that's really helpful with this. But the thing is, is, you know, you have your taste buds... And you get notes, and it's all about corresponding those notes to something else that you've already had. You're not necessarily tasting, you know, blueberries. Right. But maybe it's similar. It, it's it's a corresponding kind of thing. So, like, you know, actually, like, you know, really kind of, that, that was horrible, really kind of work the cigar a little bit. Just kind of just see if you get a flavor. Again, it's all it. dirty. You're such a son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, you could be helping here too, you know. I said leathery. Now, when you first started smoking cigars, did yeah. you... No, this has all been developed this over deve- the show. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, this is I all... I didn't want to feel bad for not having a... No, this has all been in- developed. And, it, and some cigars are stronger than others. Like, yes. Like, we had one that we did the other day. It was uh, uh, the Crown Heads. Yeah. And it was... It fruity. was fruity. Oh, like you, you would draw it on. It was fruity when I did the cold retro. And ever all these flavors, the by the way, are for the most part pretty subtle. Yeah. Okay. Like I mean, when you get one that's really strong, that's when you're like, holy shit, you know. But like for the most part, we're not talking very like in your face, forward yeah. flavors Fill here. We're mouth. talking very like, subtle flavors, like the Yagua, which we have not done on the cast yet. Not but yet. That, but that's coming up. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. So, but that we haven't one, announced that yet. Have I know we? there's there's a big announcement, yeah, guys. Maybe we are. Damn. The traveling freak show is back on track. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So, but the Yagua, the first time I smoked it on the cold draw, it took me back to when I was a kid on a hayride because it had the smell of straw, like from a hayride, oh, mm-hmm. and it was very intense. And like, you know how how smells and flavors and songs Brings and things back will, memories. Yes. yes, it does. And that's what it did. I like that. Yeah. So, you know. All right. Well, anyway, I'm going to light up Took now. me back to a 4-H ride. I'm going to light up now. Jeff, did you do your infamous cold retro? I did. Or? And in all honesty, I did not get anything this time. Nothing okay. extra. When I did the cold uh, retro pinky, I did that on that uh, cigar that we did with Crowned Heads. It was the, uh, what's the name of it again? Oh, Nick just set himself on fire. It was the Mildias. The Mildias, yes. Great cigar. 
And uh, but when I did that, um, it was fruity on the cold draw, but it actually um, had the smell of uh, fruity pebbles on the cold retrohale, and it was really intense. It was like like when you open a bag of fruity pebbles and you just mm-hmm, smell that fruit mm-hmm. flavor. That's what it was, fruit flavor. I wonder if it would remind you of that candy bar. Candy bar you just had. Uh, that's what I said. That you couldn't Di- eat the diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes that on bar is straight diabetes Guys, in a candy if, bar Guys, if you form. missed that podcast, I actually got one, and I ate half of it, and I couldn't eat anymore because, again, like, it's straight I diabetes felt, I felt in a, a candy bar. Insulin. But it's this uh, uh, Fruity Pebble candy bar, and it's white chocolate, and the white chocolate almost serves as milk. You know, when you when you have and it with it's it, good. it's really it's good. good. Mm. But it's yeah. so, it's so sweet. sweet. It's ridiculously sweet to the point that, yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm joking, but I'm not joking that, like, that candy bar will give diabetes. Our waitress here today actually had had that, and she was talking about how good it was, too. Yeah. That's I our like good friend this. Alexis. You like that cigar? I like this, yes. Okay. See, now, your your wheelhouse so far has been more in the sweet-tipped flavored cigars. Mm-hmm. She liked the Gator, though. She did. I did. Yep. I did. How do you not like the Gator? Just saying. I mean, I don't care for you. <laughs> But, the, but my cigar. Oh, well, that's a different story. <laughs> I didn't say. Do I'm you like, like. I think it's pretty on record that you I didn't say. Do you I like gator? A, I said. Do you like a, the a, gator? A kind of. I haven't started referring to myself as the third, gator. The yet, third yeah. person here. Yeah. <laughs> it's that might, coming. That I was going to say. Yeah, it, I can feel it. That that might be next. This is a good. It, it's good so far in the very beginning. Here, it's got a nice, good draw to it. That is. That's something I've appreciated more recently is sort of the concept the of the draw. Yeah. Yes. Do you have a bad draw? I did. Yeah. Remember I told you one night I just went outside and I, I oh, couldn't even tell right. what it was. Yep. And I, I gave up, up on it. Yep. I just gave up on it. I couldn't. It wasn't fun. Uh-huh. You can sometimes take your cigar and massage it and feel where that is and kind of gently kind of massage that out. Mm. Like you can feel a hard spot in it um, and sometimes save that smoke because I, I hate to give up on a cigar. Nick will toss it. See, and this this was the first one I I wasn't willing to to do that. Mm-hmm. To, I, I came outside to smoke to relax. Yeah, and yeah. it's and, and it's work. Ten at that minutes point. in, yep. I can't. Yep. I'm done. Yep. Yep. No, that's exactly it. It's I the opposite of relaxing. I give up on oh, motorcycle. I give up on on plugged up cigars. That's a good looking Harley, yeah. and it sucks because I don't smoke cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's one of those things where. I, hey, life, they're, they're life, handmade products. Life's just too short. And, yep. and yeah, exactly. I don't get upset about it. You know, yeah. I mean, I get upset because I wasted the money, but I don't get upset in the, like, I'm mad and I want a refund or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's like, look, exactly. It's a handmade product. Things happen. Yep. But at the same time, God, I fucking hate plugged up cigars. Yeah. So. But, but I'm con- not having that with this. Yeah, contrast no. it with this. I mean, I, I get it now. I can see, like, yeah. this is easy. It's mm-hmm. an easy smoke so far. I'm not working so hard to... Enjoy it. It's a little breezy through here. You can hear it in the mics. Yeah, I'm sure. you can hear it a little bit. But um, so the the smoke production is kind of hampered a little bit on that front. But the uh, now it, you, it I heard you cough earlier. You did a I retro. did a retrohale, and the uh, retrohale has it. It I mean, let's be real. It always comes down to pepper. It's always it's got a little pepper to the retrohale. It's not bad though. But it's not bad. You want to try it, Pinky? It was subtle. Not on purpose. <laughs> Give me a couple minutes she, and we'll she, see. She's not quite to that mm-hmm. point yet, but that's Remember okay. Remember I did it earlier. We were there, you did. You did it accidentally yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. And, There's your hazing. And it rocked you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's your hazing. So what are you getting off the cigar, though, Jeff? I like this cigar. 
like you said, it's the smoke is blowing away a little rapidly on us, but it's the uh, Padilla nineteen sixty eight. Mm-hmm. I like this. Is this a? It's more more of a medium. Yeah, it's a medium, medium bodied cigar. No, it's good. Well, why don't we? Uh, why don't we go ahead and jump into the interview here? So again, Pinky took the lead on this because <laughs> you know when it when it came time to discuss a book, and it was a situation where you know we were required to read. Prior to the interview, yeah, Jeff and I both looked at it and said, "Where are the pictures?" Yes, and, <laughs> and uh, the pop-ups, and the pop-ups, yeah. and um, well, unfortunately, there were no pictures and no pop-ups. I like the pop-ups that have the. Oh little... wait, there are some pictures. Yeah, there are, there are pictures. I like There's the just not as many pictures as I would have. Where they have the little tab where you can make the people move or wave. See, that's what I was yeah. saying. There needed to be like a pop up where like the tobacco field popped up and uh-huh. like a little man on a horse, and then you could like pull the little tab and he would like you know be like taking the hat off to like look at the tobacco or something. Or at, at several points in the book, he talks about a smokehouse isn't the right word, but where they cure the tobacco. Yeah, cure uh-huh. the so yeah. And so if there could have been like a little fireplace, and he yeah. said his dad as a as a as a boy would have to sleep outside sometimes in the makeshift bed, so you could have a little fire. With the, yep. I don't know, the little tab yeah. that pulls. Yeah. little tab that maybe makes the smoke move when the, from the smoke, you know, curing barn or something. All right, Paul, on your next book. I like that. Uh, there you I go. like that. Exactly. We <laughs> needed pop-ups. pop-ups. We'll, we'll do the so. kid's tobacco book. <laughs> That's a great idea, Jeff. <laughs> Nothing like indoctrination of the youth. It's good. <laughs> FDA, we are not admitting anything, and no. we are definitely not endorsing no. anything. So please don't come after us. It was just a joke. It was a joke. So <laughs> anyway, well, why don't we go ahead and jump into the interview, and then when we come back, we'll get into the rest of the uh, the the wackiness that is will ensue to come. Yeah, yeah. So all right, we'll do that. So we're joined today by Paul Allen. He is the author of the new book, When Tobacco Was King, A History of Tobacco in Canada and the United States. How are you, Paul? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for joining us. Uh, You're joined today, obviously, you know, myself and we have Gator, who actually set up this interview. I did. He actually stepped up and helped on the show for once. Show prep. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give... Jeff has due here. And then we're also joined by Pinky. Hello, I am back. Pinky's back, and she actually did the uh, the legwork here, and she she read a lot of your book. She read the book. I read the book. I mean, yeah. you know, admittedly, Jeff and I, we read at a, you know, kindergarten level. <laughs> yes. But, um, but Pinky here, she read the book, and boy, she's got a number of questions for you, so I hope you've uh, buckled up and you're ready. I'm ready, sure. Uh, so you wrote the book to highlight the importance of tobacco in the Canadian economy, particularly in the 50-year period from like the late 20s until maybe the early 70s. And I like that you did this by funneling the funneling this through the history of the industry, but you also provided really good detailed and social descriptions of the time. Why was it so important to tell this story through, because it's a story about your dad's journey. I mean, your family's journey with the tobacco industry, but mostly through your, your dad's experience. Why was it so important for you to share this story? Well, I tell you, I, I thought that I was in a, in a good position having grown up around my father's career. Uh, to to write something, and, and it was always in the back of my mind. And, and actually, what happened was uh, a a, um, a friend of my father's wrote a book for the Universal Leaf Tobacco Company called Tobacco Merchant. And my dad passed away before the book was published. 
and this uh, this man, uh, Professor Dan uh, Jordan from uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, sent me a copy of it, and he inscribed it, and he said, an entire book could have been written about your father and not done him justice. And I tell you, that stuck in my mind, and um, I just I let it go for a long time. And uh, one day I was in Montreal, Quebec, and my wife and I and my sister-in-law went to a museum. And when we opened the door, there was a plaque that, that you know, basically acknowledged that David Stewart had contributed a lot of money to that museum. Mm-hmm. And I said to my, my wife, hey, I, I know David Stewart. Uh, he was the owner of the McDonald Tobacco Company. Yep. And the McDonald Tobacco Company was the largest customer of my dad's company, the Canadian Leaf. So I excused myself from the museum and found the McDonald Stewart Foundation. Talked my way in, talked to the general manager. We started talking about tobacco and McDonald tobacco. And he said, you should write a book. So I said, well, maybe I will. So those two people really influenced me to do it. And I just thought, you know, I'm 78. My dad's been gone. Most of the people in the company are gone. Uh, the business is, does not exist in Tilsonburg or Chatham, which is southwestern Ontario towns. And I thought, you know, I need to tell the story because it had a tremendous economic impact uh, in that area. And people, people should know the story. Definitely, definitely. So the focus is on your dad's journey. So he started about when he was 18 years old, and he won a coin toss, right, that ultimately allowed him to travel from his home and family in North Carolina up to Canada to work in the tobacco industry. And it sort of chronicles his um, journey to ultimately becoming the president of the Canadian Leaf Tobacco. Yeah, he, uh, he actually was a laborer. He came up to a place in southwestern Ontario called Port Stanley. And they grew what they call burley tobacco. Uh, and they cut it, uh, with, uh, cut the entire stock, and then they usually air-dried it. And they needed people to cut burley tobacco. So my dad answered an ad in a newspaper in North Carolina for tobacco cutters, and he went up there. And he did that a couple of years, and uh, some people actually from North Carolina, um, they they figured out that they could grow flukier tobacco, which is basically, you know, a lighter mm-hmm. type of tobacco, more cigarette tobacco, that they could grow flukier. And um, they started growing it. And my dad, uh, he, he didn't grow the first crop, but he grew one of the first crops in an area around Tilsonburg, Ontario. And that became what they called the new belt of tobacco in southwestern Ontario and Canada. So he, he just... Uh, started as a, a tobacco pioneer and then started working for uh, the Universal Leaf, which opened up the Canadian Leaf uh, in Chatham, Ontario. And he just worked his way up. And he was a buyer. He was a grader. Uh, and then he became the vice president, general manager. And then ultimately, he became the president. And uh, it, it, it's really a, it's, it's really quite an interesting story about, uh, you know, his voyage and how a little kid from North Carolina goes all the way to Canada. Now you, and a lot of you had a lot of Southerners came up here. Well, that's what I was going to say. So you said the Canadians were anxious to hire the Southerners because they had a lot of hands-on experience, what you called from seedbed to market. 
Um, and so, and because, I mean, again, he, this, he grew up on this. I mean, I remember reading about how he would have a makeshift bed, uh, in some of the barns to make sure that the fires stay lit and everything. And so that hands-on experience, it sounds like that really served him well, especially as he got into what we would call the corporate side, even though he wasn't formally trained. I mean, he, he just grew up in the business. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of the Southerners that came up to Canada and, and, you know, other, other authors and people recognize this they they came up to canada and they just shared their knowledge of the tobacco industry and you have to realize that that in canada a lot of the farmers who got into the tobacco business were immigrant farmers they came from all over the world uh and uh, a lot of the belgians uh, the dutch the hungarian german uh, even russian uh, immigrants uh were already in farming but in southwestern ontario they were in, in more of uh, tomatoes, pumpkins, soybeans, peaches. Southwestern Ontario is a, called the, uh, the bread basket, at least the, you know, the vegetable basket, I should say, of Canada. And uh, sugar beets were big. And you see, these people already had skill. Uh, they had a great work ethic. And when the tobacco business uh, you know, took off, um, people converted from um, that. Well, they, they kept... They kept growing those vegetables, but they got a lot of the farmers to go into the tobacco growing, and uh, it was it was more profitable. I mean, it was the king of agricultural products. There's nothing that came out of the ground that made as much money as tobacco. Sure, absolutely. And I, I would say that your average person probably has no idea the impact that the, well, the history, first of all, the, pack, the tobacco industry, but the impact it had on educational and philanthropic systems. Talk a little bit about that. Well, that's that's true. Uh, when I do my author talks, uh, and I say that's the king of agricultural products, I have a little graph that I point out that shows uh, the amount of taxes that the tobacco industry contributed to the governments of the world, and it's it's pretty impressive. Uh, the other thing about uh, the impact of tobacco is, uh, I, let me give you an example. I was in Reedsville, North Carolina, and that was uh, a very large center for the American Tobacco Company. Uh, that that business uh, has totally shut down. Reedsville uh, is almost a ghost town. Uh, the impact of the industry uh, spills over into purchases of automobiles, purchases of homes, buying insurance, buying uh, lumber products, it, on and on. Uh, and in Canada, it was the same way. In, in our little town of Tilsonburg, where I was born, uh, the tobacco uh, business uh, contributed to the economy. Uh, people, farmers bought clothes, uh, farmers bought lumber, farmers bought seed, they bought fertilizers, you know, and it, it was a very, very big impact on people. I've had people say to me, it changed our lives. I had a lady come to me once and said, you know, without tobacco, I couldn't have sent my kids to university. And I said, well, isn't that wonderful? She said, yeah, but listen to this. She said, I have two engineers and two doctors, and I never paid a penny because they worked in the tobacco field. Wow. Made enough money, and their work ethic uh, helped them achieve uh, in university. Uh, but then when you get to the larger companies, uh, the philanthropy of American Tobacco Company, which was founded by Duke. We all know Duke University. That was founded by by Buck Duke. Uh, Winston-Salem's uh, Wake Forest University was founded 
by tobacco money. Uh, McGill University in Canada, a world-renowned university, was founded uh, and contributed tremendous amounts of money by William McDonald, who was the founder of the McDonald Tobacco Company. So uh, the philanthropy... Uh, the it's, unbelievable. it's unbelievable. The Doris Foundation has still got uh, millions of dollars mm-hmm. that they contribute. Uh, the McDonald Stewart Foundation in Canada contributes money to hospitals. Uh, David Stewart's McDonald Stewart Foundation created the first veterinary school in the Maritime Provinces in Prince Edward Island. It just goes on and on. There's McDonald College in a little town called Guelph, uh, Guelph, Ontario. It used to be the Ontario Agricultural College. Well, McDonald College was built by McDonald Tobacco Company. Part of the book that I enjoyed the most was there was the a lot of people were mentioned in the book, people that he, I mean, he just seemed to really have an appreciation for good conversation, but just listening and understanding that maybe everybody in life, you know, had something that they could contribute that would help him. But part of this history as it relates to your dad is a unique and influential friendship that he had with Uncle Lonnie. Tell us about Uncle Lonnie. Oh. First of all, I have to tell you, my my dad was a real character. Uh, he he uh, he never uh, let himself get too important. Uh, he said, uh, "I think it's a southern expression: don't get too big for your britches." And uh, he, he he was really down to earth, and he knew that everybody contributed to the success of the company. As a matter of fact, again, I go back to my book talks. I never really talked that much about my dad until people came to me after my first. Uh, round of talks and they said you need to tell us more about your dad so i did a little section on some of his character traits and some of his uh his you know his his quality his sense of humor and how he thought everybody was important and um years ago um they had tenement farmers in in north carolina and where my dad grew up in creedmoor north carolina in granville county uh, there were a lot of uh, black Americans who, who worked as sharecroppers. And uh, I don't think my dad ever looked down upon them. He just knew that uh, there was a, you know, there was an economic difference. Uh, his family obviously had more money than perhaps the sharecroppers, but he always treated them fairly. And uh, one of his, his, his favorite guys was this Uncle Lonnie. And Uncle Lonnie uh, was a sharecropper. And uh, he spent a lot of time with Uncle Lonnie. And Uncle Lonnie is the guy that basically said to my dad, son, you need to go to Canada to get into tobacco business. Because if Buck Duke is up there, there's somebody making money and you might as well go. <laughs> so yeah. that was the connection with Uncle Lonnie. And, you know, when my dad used to go back to Canada, I mean, excuse me, from Canada back to the United States and visit in Creedmoor, there isn't a time that he didn't go around to some of those sharecroppers and he, he would stop at the at the uh, the liquor store and buy a bottle and go around and, and talk to some of those guys. He, he always had a lot of respect for how hard they worked. I, I, and you definitely did a great job in the book of, uh, of highlighting that. I mean, it just seemed like it, uh, the factory worker, I mean, nobody was, it didn't seem like he placed any importance over one person versus the other. And it, at the end of the book, I was so, I'm a business person by nature. And at the end of the book, when you went into sort of the principles that made uh, the Canadian Tobacco Leaf Company successful, um, I really enjoyed that piece of it. And I think each each part that you highlighted really came back to the principles that your dad not only believed in, but obviously lived. Well, 
I, I appreciate that. And I just thought again, you see, I got to, I got to a, to a part in the book that I asked myself, why was the Canadian Leaf Tobacco Company so successful? And uh, there's there's a lot of tobacco companies. There was a lot of companies that purchased tobacco around the world, and the Canadian Leaf purchased it and processed it. They never manufactured cigarettes, so they were you know basically the middleman between the farmer and the manufacturer. But you got to have customers, and and how do you how do you sell that tobacco? And um, I had a couple of things, uh, some framed pictures of business principles and. And just uh, thinking about, you know, what my dad talked about in, in, in dealing with people. And he just felt that we're, we're all in it together. We're a team. And nobody is more important than others. And then I started thinking, gosh, you know, he, re- he, really, he really didn't think he was that important. He just felt that, you know, he, he kind of put it together and he was surrounded by really good people. And I, I, recall, I recall going to visit him and uh, going to the cafeteria to look for my father. And my dad was not sitting with the executives in the lunchroom that was set aside for them. He was out sitting with the guys and the women that worked in the tobacco factory. And it was, uh, you know, it was a dual purpose. He, he got the, the heartbeat of what was going on in the plant, and he also showed that he cared. Can I tell you one other thing about, particularly about my dad and these Please. business principles? I, I went to see him... Uh, in 1963, I was in university and I was just about to graduate. And I went to see my dad, who in 1962 was the president. So I, I, I went into the factory and I went into the office and I, and I sat down and I had my uh, Assumption University blue blazer. I had a nice shirt and tie and gray slacks. And I, I thought I was really looking good. And I started talking to my dad and he says, well, look, he says, uh, let's get out of here and let's go visit the real people. So, I, of course, I walked along, and, and out on the tobacco line, there's ladies with babooskas, you know, tied around their head, and they're working and picking on tobacco. And he stops, and he's visiting with everybody. And I can tell you I was getting a little impatient because, I, you know, I wanted my dad's attention. And uh, when we walked back, we sat down, and I said to him, which was a really bad mistake, I said, Dad, why do you spend so much time with those people? Oh, oh, my. oh could not sit Why well did with he Ed. give me... He gave me both barrels. He said, without those people, you wouldn't be wearing that blazer. Without those people, we wouldn't be selling tobacco. We wouldn't have a roof over our head. You wouldn't have enough money for tuition. Those people are as important as anybody. And if you think you're so important, you know, uh, you've, got a, you've got a lot to earn. Got something if, uh, else coming. Well, absolutely. If the, you know, and he also said at that time, he said, you know, if the garbage man doesn't pick up the garbage, you'll find out how important he is. That's so true. he he always had a lot of respect for everybody. He felt that everybody contributed. Well, and I wonder, I'm sure part of that was just innate, but it seems like he had a very good mentor relationship as the mentee with Herbert Jackson. Can you talk about that? I'm sure he talked a lot oh, about that. You know, I met, I met Herbert Jackson uh, many times. Can I say I'm jealous? Is that okay for me to say? <laughs> I mean, oh, he absolutely. Just, he just seems like oh. an incredible human. Yeah, oh, he was. And I, and I, tried, to, I tried to show that. Uh, Herbert, Herbert Jackson uh, came up to Canada several times. Uh, just, you know, just uh, he, was a, he was the president of the Universal Leaf Tobacco Company. Universal Leaf Tobacco Company is still the largest purchaser and processor of tobacco in the world. 
and uh, Mr. Jackson had a lot to do with with that company's success. And he, he was he was a Virginian. He was uh, formerly from the University of Virginia. I think he might have been the president of the student body. But he was he was a he was just a really nice man. And um, my mom and dad used to have Mr. Jackson and Mr. Henderson, the secretary treasurer, uh, over to the house for supper. And he always you know he always included me. And I I was just I always liked him. My dad respected Herbert Jackson. Herbert Jackson hired him. And uh, they got along well. Uh, Jackson uh, empowered uh, his uh, employees and, and executives to, to make decisions. He was always there behind them. But uh, my dad grew up with Herbert Jackson. And when, when Jackson knew that my dad was capable, he went back to Richmond and became the Universal Leaf president. And he, he maintained the presidency of the Canadian League for years, although my dad basically ran he the ran company for, for years. Sure. years. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, he, was, he was remarkable. Very intelligent. I think my dad learned a lot from him. Um, I know that Mr. Jackson uh, used to write notes on um, scraps of paper when he met someone so that if he met them again years later, he could, he could recall something. And my dad picked up that trick. He, he'd write little notes so that, uh, you know, he'd walk around and, and he'd see somebody go, hey, uh, Mary, how you doing? How you doing? How's, was it your brother that uh, broke his leg there? How is that leg? You know, and Jackson used to do the same thing. Yeah, I remember reading your dad would take, um, like, old envelopes and rip them up and keep those sort of like little shreds in his pocket. So as he met people, he would make those notes so that next time he'd remember some details and help, you know, connect with people. Yeah, and, and that's what Herbert Jackson did, too. So, yeah, you know, my my dad uh, would probably fit into the principle of uh, you're only as good as the people you're with and learn from who are smarter than you. I remember, I, I think I wrote it in the book, one of the younger executives, uh, my dad took him down to a meeting in Virginia, and he told this man, I think it was Gene Walsh, who later became a vice president, he said, Gene, he said, you have two ears and one mouth. Keep your ears open, your mouth shut, and you're going to learn a lot. So, yeah, he did. He learned a lot from from his competitors. He had a great respect for Red Parham, who yeah. was who was a North Carolina boy, and uh, he he um, yeah he he learned a lot from people and and tried to use that and and uh, he used to say sometimes, well, you know, I was a bit of a czar uh, in Canada, and I'd rather stay in Canada than be a little you know, a little fish in a big pond, but uh, more than more than often, it was a group decision, although he had the final decision on a lot of things. But he worked together with people. Not too many people did not like him, and I found that out at his funeral, actually. I, I never knew the respect that other people had for my dad because of Earth. Now, he got to travel a lot. I feel like based on some of the country stories that Lonnie shared with him, you know, when your dad was younger and, you know, Lonnie, you had said that he couldn't read, but boy, he would listen and he shared some of what he heard about going on the world with your dad. And I, I feel like maybe that has inspired your dad to want to travel. And boy, did he travel. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Uh, and I think because he was in the tobacco business, and the Canadian Leaf uh, had uh, customers uh, all over the world. Uh, uh, that was part of the business principle: stay in contact with your customers and, and treat them uh, 
properly and, and don't don't try to sell them. Just be their friend and we will take care of you with, with something. So he made a lot of trips. I, I'm not absolutely sure, but I, I think he made 19 transatlantic crossings. Uh, maybe maybe took the airplane when when the jets, you know, the airplane, I shouldn't say the jets, when, when the propellers were, were better. Uh, he might go one time on a, on a, the Queen Mary and then fly back. But uh, he, he made a lot of trips to England, Scotland, Ireland, uh, Wales. He was in the Scandinavian countries. Uh, you know, he was, he was all over the place. And uh, the, I think it was to stay in contact with the customers. And I even mentioned 1940 that they went to Rhodesia. My mother and father went to Rhodesia. And uh, it took them like six days to get there. And it was, it was during the war. Right. And they went on a flying boat all the way to Rhodesia, and it was a fantastic story. I, I met a guy that uh, he's the son of a man that my father did business with in Rhodesia. I met him in Chapelville, wow. North Carolina. I remember the name, and I searched it. And I, on my way to Florida, I stopped in and visited with him. And oh gosh, it, it was fantastic. We were I actually brought I already brought Brian Keeliff a wedding invitation to his mother and father's wedding. He had never seen it. Wow. And it was in my dad's notes. Now, for all that traveling, was there a trip that stuck out in your mind that he talked about or particularly enjoyed? I, you know, he was really busy. I, I tried to show that in oh, the that book. Oh, def- that definitely was, came across. He was there yeah, for he business. Went here, yeah, he went from here to there to there. And, yep. and yep. you know, he was just busy one, one, one customer after another. I think I think the trip to Rhodesia was something that he and my mother remembered. Um, you got to remember, uh, I think 1940 uh, in Rhodesia, the the industry had really just begun, and um, they bought a lot of tobacco. But uh, to be in Rhodesia for the growth of the tobacco industry and to see Africa. Uh, a long time ago, you know, everybody goes on safaris now, and you see animals in, uh, you know, preserves and, and places like that. But, you know, he was in Johannesburg and uh, gee, various places, so I, I'm sure he saw a lot. He he brought back uh, a table that we still uh, treasure. It's uh, made uh, out of wood, and there's some ivory. And maybe that's not something that people would, would be buying in these days, but uh, it's made out of ivory, and it's shaped, the legs are shaped like an elephant. And uh, oh. my daughter, I want that. Sounds beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he enjoyed He brought back a, a shield, too. Uh, that's, that's long gone. I think it was settled with the estate, but and it was like a cowhide shield that natives used uh, and uh, all he brought, oh, geez, he brought back a, a lion rug that we we kept for years until uh, years until the dog chewed ears off of it. <laughs> wow. Well, as a student of history, just recently, I haven't always been real interested in how things came to be. But the you know, as I age, I start to have a much greater appreciation for sort of how we got to where we are. And it's a little challenging with tobacco. And you recognize that in your book. I mean, you said on the outset, this is not. Uh, promoting tobacco necessarily. It's more just a historical account of the importance of tobacco um, in economies and education. For someone who hasn't read the book but has an interest in history or just the industry, why, why, why should people read this book? Well, I think it's a, you know, it, really it's a social history 
um, it, it tells uh, stories of, of what it was like um, in the 50s. You know, television was just, well, I guess it was late 40s, but the 50s television was just beginning. Microwave ovens were introduced. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it just a, I tried to make it as interesting as possible as far as a time frame goes. Uh, and a lot of things happened in that period of time. And I also tried to, you know, kind of connect with some of the people that my dad met. Uh, the story about uh, meeting Jack Kennedy at the Greenbrier. Yes. Uh, something that my dad enjoyed. It's sure. true. I mean, you can't make that kind of stuff up. And he got he, to be he, in he the was... crowd when then Princess Elizabeth and the prince came. Yeah, right. He was there. I, was that one of their first trips, I feel like, too? I, I think it was, think well, it was. Uh, it was, she would have been Princess Elizabeth mm-hmm. at the time and Prince Philip. Uh, I don't, I don't think, she, no, she was not the queen at that time. Uh, they just toured Canada. And as I said, that, that little gang of friends in, mm-hmm. in Chatham, the King Street gang, they did a lot of things together. And it, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a cute story that, that he, you know, that he, he did see that. I mean, he was an American. I mean, you grew up with a republic and a president and uh, sometimes the the monarchy you wonder well, why why sure. is there a queen there's a lot of a lot of excitement around well, the queen for sure you get you know. to see we felt that with the royal wedding back several years ago <laughs> yeah right you know well, as, as you americans know, we don't get we don't get necessarily exposed to that so to see sort of yeah. the the ritual and the pomp and circumstance it, it's fun it's different yeah they're and they're figurative heads you know the it's it's a uh, it's, it's you know, it's basically a constitutional monarchy. I mean, they just sign the bills. That's all. Uh, they're very, uh, really not that political. But uh, they, it, you know, it's the crown represents, you know, the final signature on mm-hmm. bills and. But yeah, there's a lot of excitement around it. But but he did a lot of those things. I mean, we, I remember going to barbecues with the family. You know, you know, uh, now we've got COVID, so you can't do this. But you know, just getting together and getting the whole neighborhood together and going to a guy's farm and my dad cooking southern fried chicken and, and fresh corn. and So there's kind of a feel-good, I think there's a feel-good part to the entire book. Uh, I, I, I entitled it When Tobacco Was King because I wanted to show people that tobacco was economically important. And then I wanted to tell a history. I wanted to tell people some of the things that maybe they don't know. Most people have never heard the story of Rodrigo Jerez, who was the first cigar smoker. Uh, I think there is a Rigo Jerez um, cigar on the market, but most people really don't know that he was the first cigar smoker in 19, excuse me, 19, gosh, 1492 when Columbus came over. I think he, um, he went into the interior of what you and I know as Cuba, and he saw natives what they called drinking tobacco. And they weren't drinking it the way we think of drinking it. They had rolled up tobacco leaves in a corn husk and they were smoking or drawing it inside. Uh, And he tried it. He liked it. And he went back uh, to Spain. And I tell, I tell, if you'll bear with me, I tell the story uh, during my author talks that Rodrigo took the habit of smoking back to Spain. And one morning he was sitting out uh, in the uh, kitchen, and his wife came up and said, Rodrigo, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm going to light this on fire, and I'm going to smoke it. And she said, oh, no, not in the house you're not. Go out in the garden. So he goes out in the garden, and all the smoke comes up, 
and she panics and she phones up Father Jose and she says, Father, she says, something wrong with Rodrigo. You better get over here something really fast. So he says, okay, I'll be right over in the BMW. He drives over and he says, where is he? He's out in the backyard. He says, I don't see him. He says, oh, Jose, can you see? By the dawn's early night, light, there sits Rodrigo. What a hell of a sight. So that's the story of, that's the story of Rodrigo Therese, the first, first the cigar smoker. <laughs> well, Paul, is there anything you'd hope we talk about from your book uh, regarding the history or the contributions of tobacco to the, the pretty much the world that we haven't yet covered? Well, you know, there, there's a lot. Um, uh, I would I would tell you that um, some of the other companies, like the Imperial Tobacco Company, uh, which uh, actually Buck Duke started up in Canada and had a you know had a break up the American Tobacco Company because of the the trust busting laws, but the Imper- Imperial Tobacco Company of Canada uh, has done a lot of philanthropy over the years, and, and the other companies, too, Universal, uh, Philip Morris, you know, they've, they've done a lot. Uh, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, the, the product has, has, has got such bad publicity, and, you know, maybe rightly so. We know that it, it, uh, it, it's dangerous, uh, and um, I, I just think that we have to look back and, and see a different period of time when um, when tobacco was was used more often by more people, you know, I and I tell people, you know, did the companies know it was dangerous? Yeah, they probably did, but you know, it's it, it's it's a free choice. Uh, we do a lot of things that aren't good for us. We we probably use too much sugar, we probably eat too much red meat, uh, probably drink too much, but but it's still our choice to do these things. And I think I tried to show that it, that it's uh, it's something in our past. And um, there was some good things associated with it. Well, awesome. Well, Paul, where can people find your book to purchase? Well, the easiest way is uh, to go to Amazon. Uh, I have it on Amazon. They just search when tobacco is king and it comes up. So, you know, www.amazon.com is the easiest way. Uh, If they're, uh, you know, in Danville, Virginia, there's (laughs) a lady... Uh, at uh, Karen's Hallmark store that stocks my book, and I've got some, you know, I've got some books on stock at some of the museums in Canada, but I really didn't, I didn't really, you know, it wasn't published by a, a, a publisher. Uh, I found that I could do it myself on Amazon, and uh, it, that's that's probably the easiest way. And the other thing that I, I would point out to people is, if you just search when tobacco is king. Um, there's lots of articles that, that show up. Uh, there was a terrific article by uh, a Tobacco Business Magazine, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really proud of that. Uh, I got good newspaper articles, and um, that, that's probably the easiest way. The, the article that I, I was referring to uh, by the TobaccoBusiness.com uh, is called The Royal Leaf, Inside When Tobacco Was King. And it's a trade magazine, but it, it was it was a great article. Now, I, the other thing I might mention out to uh, to to you and, and to your listeners, I I'm doing a virtual talk, November the 12th between 7 and 8:30 p.m. for the Eastern Carolina Village and Farm Museum in Greenville, North Carolina. And uh, I think you have to 
register for it. But if they go to easterncarolinavillage.org, uh, people can register, and they might they might enjoy you know the story and seeing the slides and the pictures and and how we develop the the talk. It's it, it's kind of fun, and we go into some detail about things that maybe we haven't covered here. And what day is that going to be on? That is November the twelfth. Okay. Between seven and eight thirty p.m. at the Eastern Carolina Village and Farm Museum. All right. Alrighty. Well, Paul, I enjoyed reading the book. Like I said, as someone who's recently become more interested in history in general, I thought you did a great job of providing context, educating on the impact tobacco's had, uh, particularly from the. Uh, the North Carolinians and how sort of popular and, and wanted they were up in Canada. Um, and I, I ultimately, I think this is a really, really nice tribute to your dad. I think uh, af- after reading it, he's someone that I would have loved to sit down for eight hours and just pick his brain and just listen to his stories. Um, I, I think that there's a history here of the tobacco industry, but also I think there's a, an entire lesson that could be learned just in terms of how do you do business? How do you take care of people? How do you treat people? How do you make an impact on the world? And I thought you did a great job in highlighting well, thank, your dad's role. Thank you so very much. That, that, that means a lot to me. And I, I don't want you to think I've got a swelled head, but I have, I've had people say that to me. And I think that's, you know, there's a nostalgia uh, that, you know, touches people. And uh, I've, I've had, because, you see, a lot of people... Uh, who worked in the industry, they enjoy this, whether they were in the companies or whether they were farmers, they enjoy that. But the nice thing I think about this book is that we are getting second and third generation reading the book right. or wanting, because they want to know what their father or their yes. grandfather did. Yep. And um, I, I, I appreciate your comments. A, a lot of people have said that they thought I did a really good job. And I can honestly tell you, and I said this to Jeff when we first talked, it has gone bigger and farther than I ever thought it would. I thought it might be local. I thought, well, Tilsonburg, Chatham, Southwestern Ontario, yes, there'd be mm-hmm. people that buy it. I thought somebody down in where my dad grew up in North Carolina, they would buy and enjoy the book. But it's gone beyond that. And that's because of, of my book talks, people like you uh, taking interest in it. And uh, Amazon, my my gosh, I mean, uh, I Amazon uh, doesn't tell you who bought it, but they they point out what country it came from. And I've actually got emails from people uh, in Malta, uh, South Africa, Japan, various places who have have read the book and said, "Wow, I didn't know that. I really enjoyed it. You did a great job." That makes me feel really good. Oh, well, good. Job well done. I will second all of that. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, and, and Paul, we really, really do appreciate you coming on with us again. We're talking about uh, Paul Allen's book, When Tobacco Was King. It's a history of tobacco in Canada and the United States. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was great being with you. And we're back. Yes. <laughs> that was Through good. Thank you so much for taking the, uh, sure. the lead on that. You did great. Thank that, you. That was really good. That was good. He had a lot of detail in there. And it's, to me, for like I said before, I'm so interested in history, but it's just been recent. I haven't always been like, oh, I just wonder how the world came to be. But it's like the older I get, I just find myself wondering. And uh, I think he achieved what he set out to achieve. It was a great memoir, I think, to his dad and his dad's contribution to the industry. Um, What's his dad's name? 
Well, that's a good question because there were about five different ways that he was referred to. I think in the ed- end, they called him, I don't know if it was Edda or E-D-A, Edda. Edda? Okay. Edda. Okay. But for most of the book, like his, uh, his dad's dad called him Cap growing up. So, okay. it, I mean, his name sort of evolved all throughout Oh, that's cool. All throughout the book. So, yeah. yeah, we didn't talk about that in the interview, but. Your name evolved too. It went from Jeff to Gator to Shithead. <laughs> 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 Not necessarily in that order. Sh- shit S head. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We have the S. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we are smoking the Padilla Siri 1968. What's everyone thinking of the cigar? It's good. I, um, would, I would smoke this again. Really, I would, yep. and you know, I mean, I'm, I tend to be pretty routine, and this. I'm new, yeah. but I like what I like, and I, w- I would smoke this again. Yeah, I don't think this it's is different than this what is I would not too strong smoke. for me with my palate. I like no. this. Yeah, I think Nick over at my monthly, and he's talked about it on the show before. How he um, he will uh, on the card, kind of with strength indicators, maybe go a little heavier on the indicator mm-hmm. than what it actually is, just to kind of. If we weren't in you know, the wind it's tunnel, that, that that it's a it's not, it's subjective, you yeah. know. So, sure. well, if we weren't in the wind tunnel, that is the uh, pagoda here at uh, Top Shooters. It for some reason, yeah, all, all the wind the in wind Monroe County comes through this little structure, funnels through this yeah. structure. Yeah, they, they should put a wind farm up right in front of it because that's we're in the prime place for that. But uh, it's blown a lot of the smoke off, so it may we may consider it a stronger smoke if we were inside or smoking in our Very car. Very possible. Yeah. Very possible. I will say, the uh, cigar is kind of drying my mouth out a little bit. Have you gotten that at all? You know what? I did run into that, actually. And uh, it's causing me issues with the janky-ass cap that I have going on on the end of my cigar. Well, again, you cannot blame that on the cigar. No, it's... I shanked it when Mm -hmm. I cut it. I get it. But the point is... Um, and that's usually me, not you. Yeah, I fucked this up. I'm just proud that I'm not the one that screwed this up. There you go. I mean, the odds were heavily in my favor <laughs> to be the one to not get a good cut. I think it was evenly split, to yeah. be honest. Well, Nick put a picture up the other day because I had my cigar sitting out here. Again, we were at Top Shooters. We're always at Top Shooters. And I... Uh, it rolled off yeah. the table. The wind took it and it rolled right off the table onto the, the decking here. And it you just... You could hear it. Cracked. And you could hear it yeah, split when it hit the ground. And and, oh no! And uh, yeah, he tried. I powered through he it. He powered through yeah. it, but it was a it was an ordeal. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Because so. it split like three inches down the cigar. It did. Yeah, it was a bi- and it, it split on noticeable. both sides. Yeah, I saw the picture. Yeah. yeah, and that's after I'd even tried to cauterize it. Wow. You know, and like Nick's little trick there, and that did work to some extent. To some extent, but sometimes the crack is so bad that that mm-hmm. just yeah, but. Well, so we've touched on a few things already in the show that we needed to circle back to. And one of them was the return of the Nick and Gator Traveling Freak Show and Cigar Evangelical Back, boys and girls. Fuck you, COVID. We're traveling anyway. Yep. And we're coming to Tampa. Yes, we are. We're coming to Tampa, Florida. November the... We fly out November the 19th. Yep. So we'll be arriving somewhere in the neighborhood of about, I think, 4 o'clock Tampa time. So we'll be around that Thursday evening, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we leave on Monday the 23rd, but I think our plane leaves at like 20 minutes to 7 at night. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got a good chunk of Monday available as well. And I know the plan is to swing by the J.C. Newman factory. 
Yes. And hit up some places in Ybor City. So, folks, anybody who's listening that's down in the Tampa area, hit us up. Yeah. We're looking for places to go and people to see. Recommendations. So, recommendations. As it were. So, if you're in the Tampa area, come on by. We'd uh, we'd love to meet you. So, anyway. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I think we're even going to get to meet uh, Drew's uncle and his dad, possibly. Yeah, it's going to be a Eric lot of fun. And Bobby uh, Newman are going to be around, and we'll get to see the factory and the museum they've put in and everything. It'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. It's going to be fun. It'll be good. And... So. You're going to podcast from there, right? In their media oh, room? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're gonna, You're going to break gonna, in the media room. We're gonna, we're gonna I was going to say it more gonna, crudely, but gonna, Pinky's here. We're going to christen it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about it. We need to start some sort of tradition for the people in that room. And I don't know if it's going to be like, you know, etching our name in the wall, the wall or like, you know, <laughs> like a sticker on the wall or Ooh, something, you know, and like every podcast that comes that. through and whatever. Yeah. But like, you know. That could be a cool little, like, you know, addition. Maybe I could be the first one in there without pants. Wow. I mean, it's a 50-50 shot of you having pants anyway. I will True. say I am concerned. The The hotel we're staying at has a very nice pool. And I know one of my goals is to uh, lounge like a dead manatee in the water and just have my cigar <laughs> and my, my, you know. The gulls over there picking at my, his flesh. My, my fruity, <laughs> alcoholic drink. But I'm worried about you and a pool because... That seems like something that could. I'm going to make you a promise, promise right now. I will bring promise. my speedo. <laughs> well, I guess it's better than swimming naked, but not by much. That could be the tradition. People That's that podcast from that room will have to podcast yeah. in a speedo. Well, mine's kind of cool though because it's got the little T bar in the back. Uh. <laughs> Dear God! Dear God! People hate to see me leave, but they love to watch me walk away. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> All right. Pinky went silent. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing to say. I'm but. trying to think of something other than you <laughs> walking away in the studio. <laughs> well, how about we ask some, uh, answer some Ask the Boys questions, and maybe that'll prompt a little bit. I'm of, excited it's, it's about It's Ask this. the Boys and Girl today. It, it's Ask the Pulpit. Yeah. Ask the Pulpit. We'll just go, we go Ask the Pulpit yes. today. So. No, I'm scared. All right, guys, so make sure you get your questions into us through the Ask the Boys hotline. By the way, I want to point out I'm stacking dimes over here. It you looks are. good. You it are. Looks it's real good. Th- yeah, it's really, it's a gorgeous ash. Area code 863-874-0000. And just call in and leave us a voicemail, and we will play your question on the show and answer it. Doesn't matter what it's about. Cigars, life, whatever. Yeah. We take all comers. And... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my normal uh, you know, sorority <laughs> joke there, but I let it go. <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah, probably it's best. Okay. All right, so first question up. Sorry, Pinky. What's up, lads? This is Aaron. And this is Mark. From The Straight Cut. And we're sitting with our owner of our shop, Weston Cigars, while we celebrate our six-year anniversary um, with him. So while we're sitting here, I actually had a question I want to ask you. We were reminiscing about what makes a shop so great. So I want to get from your point of view, what do you like so much about the cigar shop? Um, what is it that stands out that you just resonate to and just, you know, in general, just what makes a cigar shop so special uh, to both of you? Yep. Um, do you have a, a question for him? What is the greatest first 
rock and roll album that a band has ever released. That's a good one. And then I guess I'll end of uh, what is the best deli sandwich? Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll talk to y'all later. The boys at the straight cut. Yeah, that's cool. I miss Mark. I know. Yeah. Well, Aaron didn't come up. Otherwise, I'd say I'd miss Aaron. But, yeah. you know, he decided it was more important to move houses. Right. You know. Priorities, I guess. I know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so that's a good question. There's a couple of good questions there. I'm not, I, I will preface right off the bat. I'm not much of a music guy. So for me to answer the whole, what is a good first mm-hmm. album yeah. from a band? I don't. Well, really, they're big into music. They are the big into cut. music. But I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, Frampton Comes Alive. I don't know okay. if that's his first one. So <laughs> I, <clears throat> we'll hit that and then we'll go back to the lounge. We'll, we'll finish on the lounge strong. Journey. Um, with, with me, <laughs> I have two albums that stick out. And I don't, I, I don't think they're their first albums. But since music was brought up, I'll bring them up. Um, when I was a kid, two of my favorite albums that I had, and I say albums because it was still vinyl back in the day. Um, Dire Straits, the, uh, I think, uh, God, what's the name of it? It's the one, it, it, the only bad song on it's Money for Nothing. Everything else on that album is so bluesy and rock and rolly. It's so great. Brothers in Arms, that's the name of it. And that's one of my favorite albums of all time to listen to. And the other one is uh, Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. Okay. I love that. In, I, I, I celebrate the whole collection. Kind of like Michael Bolden. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pinky? That's a that's an Office Space reference, by the way, Pinky. I hate to admit I've not seen Office Space. Mm. What? Add it to the list. People oh who know God. me, I'm any movie that's considered a staple of like an '80s childhood, I probably haven't seen. Oh my I mean, God. that's a podcast in and of itself, to be honest. That mm-hmm. I mean, it's from the '90s. I could ramble like, right now. Okay. Well, yeah. even '90s, I could ramble yeah. right now. Ten movies, and you would just be floored that I haven't seen. That hurt, that's bothersome. Sixteen Candles. Dirty yeah. Dancing. I mean, that doesn't really bother. Neither those are one, one and outs. You watch them one time. They're not. They're not the ones you watch Goonies. over and over and over. Goonies is great. I, see, but here's here's why I'm at now. It was great back then. Is this something that forty year old Pinky would? Well, okay, now <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. Really? One of the ones Goonies and, holds and, up. And I have good. people really pissed at me about this. But I talked on the podcast a while back about how Back to the Future does not hold up to the test of time. And people were, like, ready to go to fisticuffs wow. with me. Yeah, they were mad. That's sort of a mini cult, that Back to the Future. I love Back to the Future. But it doesn't stand up. Yes, Have you wa- Watch it again and tell me it does. You can't. You won't be able to. I can totally do it. It's slow and painful. Oh, it's amazing. Now, I'm only basing that on the first one because I haven't rewatched two and three, but anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. So those are my two albums. You know, as for another, uh, another, you have, I mean, the quintessential work of Happy Nation, which was the debut album of Ace of Bass. Did that have the sign? (laughs) Was that the sign? I might have been. I was just just being stupid because somebody somewhere now has Ace of Base running through their head like an earworm because it just gets in there and never goes away. Speaking of earworms, we earwormed top shooters the other day. Yeah, it was the funniest thing. Jeff played What's New Pussycat three times in a row. They got pissed. Oh, man. (laughs) They came out and came at me. Yeah. So anyway, the manager was not amused. <laughs> oh, so, party okay. fell. So okay, so that we've covered. We dropped an ash. We've done the music as best we can. So. Yes. Um, and then as for the best deli sandwich, and then we'll get to the lounge because that's actually the real good question. Yep. Um, deli sandwich. Reuben. I love a Reuben. <sighs> nice marble rye. Oh my god. With the sauerkraut. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
sauerkraut and the uh, what Thousand Island or whatever they put on. Oh, yeah, I'm a club sandwich guy. I love a good club sandwich. You know what? Okay, speaking of that, I'm pissed about something. What? Freaking Subway changed their club sandwich. They're putting bacon on it now, like a normal club. But the Subway Club always had roast beef, and for some reason, roast beef got lost to the COVID, and they don't do roast beef at Subway anymore. So really pissed about that. I mean, Subway. Yeah. Like their meat's like fifty percent soy. It's It's, I I get that, (laughs) but it's it's not great. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm a Quiznos guy. I will say that that hot salami sandwich from Goya's or whatever over it. That's where I went. Mm -hmm. Yeah, never had that. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, that's over on the hill. Over on the hill in Mm -hmm. St. Louis here. So good. Which is tied to my first. We talked about this on the first time I was on the show. That was. That was my first experience. I'll, I'll at eat the a Reuben pretty much anywhere I go. And I'll tell you, for a fast food place, Arby's has a kick-ass Reuben. Okay. Yeah, you should try it. They're if you your, haven't. Their Euro sandwiches are yeah, really good, Yeah, their Euros too. are yeah. good. Surprisingly good. Yeah, they're not bad. Mm-hmm. Yep, they really but are. But, like, that's got sauerkraut, right? The Reuben? Yes. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. I, don't like, I don't like sauerkraut. Uh, I only like it on a Reuben. It's a whole You're lot a about the Reuben that I don't care for. You're a heathen. Because there's mustard on that, right? No. No. It's like a, it, oh, I said Thousand Island. It's some kind of Thousand Island type sauce. Oh, okay. Or French dressing. Oh. I don't know what it is for sure, but yeah. it's good. I'm with you, though, Nick, on the the hot salami. Is mm-hmm. that what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've good. never had it, so I can't. Uh, did you have the pork NATO, too? I did. I did had you? the pork NATO. That comes with the hot salami, the ham, and the bacon. Okay. I think there's bacon. Nick enjoys a hot salami. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was just sitting here. I'm just like, son of a bitch. When's it going to happen? When's it so, going to happen? The lounge. The initial. All right. First the initial question. actual real question out of that. I so, have an answer. What makes a good lounge? The people. Hundred. Yep. Oh, totally. Yep. Totally. The people make the lounge. You can have a so-so selection of cigars. Yep. But if the people mm-hmm. are all awesome mm-hmm. and inviting, and and you know the atmosphere is comfortable, then you're set. Yes. I mean, you don't need the the biggest humidor in the yep. in the five state area or anything like that. You just you need good people and you need a comfortable environment yep. that you can sit and chill. Amen. And, and the owner or the staff sets the tone for that. Totally. The three cigar lounges I've been to have been great experiences and every single time the staff comes up, they engage, they talk to me. It is it's and fun. you've been to some different ones. Cause very like, different ones. Because Lit mm-hmm. is a very different environment mm-hmm. than, than the Hill and Riverman in that, you know, Lit has the uh, the the big bar and everything like that. You could make an argument. And that it's very that, sports oriented. I mean, they've yeah, got the, the TVs all around. And, yeah. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, Riverman and the Hill, those are neighborhood cigar shops that have a room in the back with a bunch of chairs yep. and, you know, it's comfortable and everything. But then there's, I mean... But there's other ones that you can go to. Well, we've been to we went by Captain Z's earlier mm-hmm. today, and that was um, a liquor store that had a humidor, humidor in, in the back. Mm-hmm. No, not even a lounge yeah. at all. You know, so it you can get your cigar if it's just a matter of some place to get cigars. You can get cigars anywhere. You can right. go to Total Wine. Yep. You can go all mm-hmm. wherever to get cigars. But if you're just talking about the lounge, yeah, you need you need someplace comfortable. And you're right, Jeff. It's all about the people. It is. The people well, it's like, it's like going over sit- to Riverman, and you get to sit and talk to Dan. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, Cindy's great. She'll bust your chops. And, I mean, she's just, you know, she's a lot of fun. And they make the lounge. It's, the, it's, it's, it's not just cigar lounges, though. It's bars. It's restaurants. It's all the – I mean, you find your favorite places to go and hang out, and it's the same – thing that brings you back to those places yes. is would bring you back to a cigar lounge. Yep. Now, we you know. had we had a place that we used to go to a lot. 
and we had a manager there that was less than kind to Nick one night. Yeah, I had to sit outside for an hour and a half and not get waited on. Hoo-hoo. Anyway. Hootie hoot. Anyway. And we haven't been back. Nope. It's been quite some time. Two because years. I went in, I got um, my menu and my roll-up of silverware. I sat outside waiting for a waitress. 45 minutes rolled around. Nobody came, so I knocked and on the And it wasn't even freezing cold or anything nope. like that. It was I a nice kno- night. Knocked on the window. They saw me, and they said, one minute. And 45 more minutes rolled around. I finished my cigar, and at that point, I said, I'm out. So I got wow. in the car. I left. I dialed uh, the restaurant, and I proceeded to tear into the manager about how I've been a good customer, and I'll never be back. And by God, I've never we been were, back. We were good customers. We'd go sometimes two or three times a week, depending. Um, kind of like we hang out now at Top Shooters, mm-hmm. because this became our place after that. And, you know, we were good tippers. Yep. And, we yeah, and they ran us off. They will attest to that. They will. Speaking of our friends at Top Shooters, hi, Alexis. How are you? Hello, good. Good. She's coming by to check on you us. You want to put her on mic for You want to go on mic for a second and say hi? Sure. Here. Oh, there Jeff, you go. Jeff's handing off. Well, no, I'll, here. Gator's more fun. <laughs> Gator's wait, more fun. Wait, <laughs> wait. Everybody flag the tape. Alexis just said Gator's more fun, Gator's and more she's fun. right. Nick gave her his headset because she wants, Gator. Yeah, so she he wants can... Gator on the line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we just found out on our Friday podcast that's coming out that Nick had a tongue ring when he was in college. I don't believe that. <laughs> What'd you do with the tongue ring? <laughs> no, six, when you had it in. Six years. Six what years. You, I can't complete that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love Nick being off mic. This is kind of fun. I think the podcast's better with him off mic. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> By the way, for anyone listening that has been following the saga of Al's hat with the chicken, Alexis is one of the law enforcement officers that arrested, uh, you know, the BF chicken. Yes, I am cop number two. Yes. That was my role. Yep. And you played it well. Thank you. She did. I had very, to, very I had authoritarian. To myself. Yes. Go over she had my to lines. get into character. Sir? Yep. Red leather, yellow leather. I had to leather, practice on a lot of chickens. <laughs> she needs to come uh, sit with us after work. Exactly. <laughs> so. she, she belongs right here. Yep. Well, thank you so much for coming by. It was great to see you. Good to see you guys, too. Thanks see for having me on. <laughs> Alexis rocks. She's good people. She is. Well, and that goes towards what we were just talking about. The, yep. the, the people, the staff, the atmosphere, it's number one. Yep. That's what it you is. need. Yep. That's it what is. you need. Yep. They're good folks here. Yep. Oh, he whiffed the <laughs> high five. <laughs> he always whiffs the high five, though. That's the new COVID high five. Did yeah, you know that? that's the new COVID high five. <laughs> Social touch. distance high five. You can't touch. You were ahead of your time, Jeff. I was. You, you had no I've idea. been doing that to people for years. And you wouldn't believe how people get butt hurt over the whiffed high five. And I stole like you're it. Them? I stole it from yeah. a TV show and a movie. Okay. Um, they of did it on Cheers. You did. Cheers. Of course you did. Cheers is the first one to do it. It was. Oh, are I think, you ringing, Jeff? Yeah, I think I am actually. I am or ringing. Even even after I called you out on the last podcast that that happened. I know. Yeah, and I left it on again. Yeah, <laughs> Pinky's <laughs> turning. Pinky's turning off. Real subtle there. Although nobody calls me, they all know I don't. I don't mm. talk on the phone. Really? No. I was unaware. I dislike the phone immensely. Oh, uh, so no. Cheers. Norm and Cliff did it one day, you know, by accident, mm-hmm. supposedly, on the show. So I stole it from that. But then a movie also did it, Dumb and Dumber. They do the air high five over the uh, scooter. 
Oh. Yep. My so. favorite scene from any movie is the bathroom scene with De- Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Do you remember? No, wait a minute. Okay, okay, when he's on, okay, when he's on the toilet. I thought you t- were going sea bass, and I'm thinking, wait, that was Jim Carrey. Oh. Yeah, that's a whole different that's scene. That's a whole different. <laughs> yes. Kick his ass, sea bass. <laughs> you think we're good on this question, or you think we want to move on? Or? We're still doing questions? Yeah, we're still doing questions. <laughs> I thought we, we wandered We've off. got many more to go. Okay. Yeah, we wandered. Him. All right, next question here. Number two. Hey, guys, Lupe here. Uh, Love Lupe. Lupe. on Instagram. So... After I had joined the Herf with you a couple Saturdays ago, gotta ask. So since we learned about um, the bishop's tongue ring and his escapade at the Timely. movie theater with the, the person in the wheelchair, what yep. embarrassing things are there in just life? Come on, there's got to be something. Hi right, guys, stay safe, stay smoky. Okay, so I'll field this. All right. And by the way, it's I love Lupe. He's he's great. Now, Lupe, I will say we've talked at nauseum about him bidetting his ass in a sink. My so, life is an know, embarrassment. I at was, times. That there's was going to be my yeah. response. There's yeah. a lot of embarrassing things. About it's it's what that. isn't embarrassing. Yeah, but that's but, the but key. I think you know there's got to be something that we haven't touched on. You know what? There are a couple, mm-hmm. but we're saving those for the Ask the X, which mm-hmm. is coming up. We, we just have to get our timing together with Kristen to do that. But there are some good stories. And and here's the deal. I've also got good stories with my friend Dave that's going to come on the podcast yeah. with us. So I hate to give any of those up. So Lupe, stay tuned. Okay. Because there are some really good stories from both of those that are going to really, I shouldn't be happy to put them on. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Now, the more I think about it, I'm like, this is not You've good You've teased for it me. really well, though, so you're going to have to yeah. pull through. This is bad okay. for Jeff. All right. Yeah. Well, is there anything embarrassing about Pinky's life that we need to know since we have her on here? Inquiring minds. I don't, I'm pretty vanilla. Hang something. with us for a while. You look, you, Nick's looking at me like he knows. I don't know anything. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, I know there's something. He's I just don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But come on. Everybody's got something. I don't know. I literally talked about shotgun shitting on the wall at Denny's <laughs> one time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Everybody's got something. I talked about getting in a fight with a raccoon. <laughs> oh, Nick you, watched that go down. That you picked, but yeah. we won't get into the raccoon that thing rac- again. That raccoon and I squared off. If anybody See, wants to hear that story, there's a podcast from way in the beginning. There's at least two of them, yeah. There's at least two, but way in the beginning of the show we talked about it, and I'm wanting to say fighting raccoons is in the title of that episode. Yeah, so, I saved Nick and, anyway. and our friend Esther from a raccoon attack wow. that he picked. But that's See, I didn't know until the ride over here that we don't know the questions ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't think really well it on makes my it more feet. Fun. So I, it, it does, but also I don't know. I am just not great on my feet. So if I think of something, See, I'll share. The, here's the thing. And you probably know this about Nick and you're learning it about me. If we don't know the answer, we'll just make one up. We're good at that. Noted. It, it's true. <laughs> it's the whole point of the Ask the Boys. Anyway, well, then I guess we'll move on to the next question. Okay. And we'll just tell Lupe, Lupe, you know, put a pin in that. Yeah, put a pin and, in that, uh, buddy. We'll, uh, Cause, we'll, cause get, there are we'll some, get some embarrassing stuff out of I wouldn't say they're good ones coming, but they're not good for me. I shouldn't well, say they're, that. They're good ones. Yeah, they're I, good stories. Nick knows some of I them. I know the ones, at least a couple, that your ex-wife's going to bring up. Yeah. And just like in all things Jeff, they involve his butt. Yes. So, anyway, <laughs> moving on. First off, love the voicemail message. That's awesome. Second, uh, this is Aaron uh, on Instagram, Ash and Grout on Instagram. Hey, just wanted to reach out to you guys and ask which one I should smoke first and if you guys uh, have paired it with anything yet. So 
I ordered the Bishop and Gator tin from Martina Cigars. Yes. Pretty amped that it's going to be here Saturday, and I'm just curious, which one should I smoke first? And have you guys paired them with anything yet? And what did they pair well with if you did? Thank you, and keep up the good work, guys. So, okay, Aaron. Aaron, well, here's the thing. You want to smoke the Gator first, and it's only because it's the milder of the two cigars. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to sit down and like do them back-to-back, I don't know if that's if that's your plan. But if you're going to sit down and do them back-to-back, you're going to want to start with the Gator, move to the Bishop. However, if you're just going to smoke one, and then maybe the next day smoke the other one, start with the Bishop. I knew you were going there. I mean... Yeah. But if you're smoking them back-to-back, you seriously Or you could start with the Gator and work your way up to the better one. Just saying. They're both good. You know I'm what? I'm not saying they're not. I'm, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to give you credit. I'm not saying they're not both good. I'm just Martinez saying. Martinez did an outstanding job on both the of these sticks. Yes, they did. Well, no, wait well, a minute. Well, see, we you, smoked. I smoked. You smoked the gator, the gator, but have you had a bishop? I she have. Did. Oh, I have. you did? She had one of the samples. Ah, okay. Now, what did you think? Was it a little stronger for your palate, being new? Well, see, I, I feel like I smoked it really early on. You did. So. It was fa- well, it would have been August. Mid, yeah. So, so um, I, I would smoke both of oh, them again. Oh, you smoked an original sand. Okay. Yes, one of the five he was sent. Ah, Isn't that so nice? I was, that's impressive. I mean, I just felt super honored. You should, actually, because we didn't give those out to a lot of <laughs> and people. And then I smoked the gator when you guys were over the yep, other day. You did. And we did pair it with, we had some Buffalo Trace. We did. They, or, I, or as I call it, bison musk. And we have a cool picture, if you want to put on your Instagram, of you, you put the cigarette, Oh, we do. The I'll have to throw that up. Yep. That was cool. That was cool. I will so. throw that up. So... That's my so next. Yeah. That's my next venture. That brings up a good question. I'm going to start pairing. Yes, because mm-hmm. I also didn't used to drink bourbon, and that's, that's been, true. That's been I'm a on a bourbon recent development I, as well. So when we were doing, have you smoked your drink yet? I don't know what that so means. So that's when you have yeah. the glass of bourbon or, what or whatever, yes. and you 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 know take in the smoke from your cigar, set that, but you don't exhale it, and you blow it into the glass and cover it and swirl yeah. the liquor around in the smoke. And then let the smoke it go. It pulls out it flavor pulls notes. So many, it tastes immensely different. Yep. Okay. Like seriously, we ought to get. Some, we ought to get some. Let's do some. Let's do it right now. We're top shooters. We okay. Ought to get, we ought to get. We ought to get a drink, and we ought to smoke it. We'll do it so that just so that she can try it. So okay. Anyway, so yeah. So to answer your question, Aaron, uh, it depends on what exactly you are doing with the. Um, what exactly you're doing what with the, the cigars, is. what the plan is. If you're smoking them back-to-back, go with the Gator first. If you're smoking them one day and then another day, yeah, you know, I mean. Either or. They're both you can, good. You can either build up to the better one and start with the Gator first, Dick. or you can go with the better one first and go with the Bishop first. It's Dick. all up to you. So, See, and there I was praising his cigar, and I'm telling that. Either way, Aaron should feel confident he's going to enjoy them. It'll be a good That's experience. That's awesome. There we go. For sure. Yeah. Next question. It's a ringing endorsement. I like it. I just wanted to call and say how much I love Gator. I think Gator's probably got a big dick. What the fuck? <laughs> well, that's our we buddy probably, Rob. That's our buddy Rob from Cigar Talk. We probably should have screened that question with Pinky here. Sorry, Pinky. <laughs> so yeah, that's Cigar Talk, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Yep. I don't know why Rob's worried about your dick. I mean, there you go. All right, then. I like how you called him out on that, too, because he didn't say who he was. Didn't, but I knew the voice. <laughs> I knew immediately. I knew the voice. Thanks for the good PR, Rob. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Rob. Appreciate it. That was helpful. <laughs> Sorry, Pinky. All right. <laughs> Just along for the ride. <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she said. 
That's what she said. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Yep. <laughs> All right then. All right. One. We'll we'll do one more. <laughs> we'll we'll do one more. Hey, Pinky. This is Jimmeline. I'm a big fan of the cigar pulpit, and I have a question. What is it like to hang out with Nick and Gator? Is it really dumb, or do you have fun, or is it fun and dumb? Thank you. <laughs> it's our good friend Jimmeline. What was that quote that's been going around? It was a dumpster fire inside of a... <laughs> <laughs> totally pretty, messed up. Pretty dead on. No, yeah. it is it's, It is a lot of fun. It is as fun as you can imagine it to be. And as you said earlier, you're kind of, you, you, you refer to yourself as vanilla. Yes. It, that, you couldn't really say that about us. No, no. Yeah. You're anti-vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> We're fucking Baskin yeah. Robbins. We're yeah. 31 motherfucking flavors <laughs> is what we are. Which is why I enjoy it so much. Yeah. We we talk about that a lot because we suck people into our vortex of stupid, and I think that's happened with you. <laughs> it's kind of true. Yeah, you're in the club now. Yeah, it's kind of true. Again, the hazing will commence at some point, and exactly. I'm very, I'm very scared. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah, trust me, it's when you do that cold re- or uh, the, you do the retro hail on the cigar. That's that's the hazing. That's the only real pain. <laughs> I think it's time you should try one. <laughs> yeah, you don't have much cigar left. Yep. We are smoking the uh, Padilla Serie 1968. Courtesy of My Monthly Cigars. Courtesy of My Monthly Cigars. All right, let's do this. Walk me through it. Okay. So take the smoke in, but then push it out through your nasal passages. Okay. Here, you ready? Should I cover my mic for when I hack up my lungs? No. No. People are used to that (laughs) because I do it all the time. Wait, did did you just do it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to screw this up so bad. It's okay. You're fine. You're fine. There's the hazing. I think I did it. You did. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. It's like an orgasm. You don't know that first time. Like, did I, did I, did I do it? Well, by God, there's a clip for the soundboard. <laughs> you have just made Gator speechless. He's sitting. He's blushing. He's blushing. Jeff is blushing. Oh, my. And Pinky says she's vanilla. <laughs> just want to point that out. Oh, my. Well, you know what? <laughs> That's been this week. Let me just say, the first time I had one, I knew exactly what just happened. I think it's easier for guys. We should probably just cut that right there. No, no. (laughs) That's been this week's Ask the Boys. If you want to get your questions in, make sure you call the Ask the Boys hotline at area code 863-874-0000. Well, that was fun. That was. I can't believe said that <laughs> I mean, you're not oh, supposed wait, to right. use the real name that's right we Jeff. can't use that <laughs> anonymity use anonymity <laughs> sorry <laughs> god damn it Jeff god damn it Jeff uh, for some reason I just want to bust her out now uh, pull back the curtain as it were alright then <laughs> god I noticed no- that nobody is sitting near us <laughs> We get that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's it's the smell from Jeff. The smoke gives us a ring of protection. Yeah, you know what? It, I like it. You blame the smoke. I like it. Let's be real. Yeah. Let's be real. I really, I, I like the cigar. This is a good stick, yeah. This is a really good see, cigar. This, uh, see, this I would do this, the My Monthly Cigars. If they were like this, I would yeah. like sign me up. Well, that's the whole thing with My Monthly Cigars is you get different cigars, and it's all just a sampler. 
and then it lets you try different yes. things, and you can determine what you like and, and what and you don't like. What I like about it is there are a lot of sticks that we may not necessarily get here in the St. Louis area. Yes. And it, it exposes us to new and mm-hmm. different products that are out there. And, Nick, while we're talking about it, what is My Monthly Cigars? It's a premium cigar subscription service where you can get cigars sent to your door every month in a variety of size packages. We packages. Get, we, we, get, we just got flipped off. We get the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. There's also the El Presidente box, which is eight cigars for $50. Exponential savings. Two of everything that's in the Robusto box. So it's good to share with like a friend or family or, you know, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, both the Robusto and uh, El Presidente box are covered by the MSRP guarantee, which states that the value of the cigars within the box is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. So like for November, it's a... $43 MSRP on the cigars, but you're paying 30 bucks, so you're saving $13 on the Robusto or $36 on the Presidente. And if you use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, that gets you free shipping on the first box, or it gets you 20% off any of the items in Nick's online store over at MyMonthlyCigars.com, because he's got all kinds of cigars, including what's been in the box, but other stuff as well. And, and accessories. accessories. So MyMonthlyCigars.com. What gives it such a tight, such a not tight draw? It's just the construction. Um, it's how they put it together. And a lot of these companies do draw tests on their cigars. Yes. Yeah, down at the factory. So they'll draw test them, I guess, before they cap them. Yeah. Yeah. Those and it's, those. yeah. And it, you know, that way they're, they're churning out good quality products. But again, every once in a while you're going to get one that's plugged up. It just happens. Again, you know, they're handmade product. Because I would say until today, I, I had no uh, judgment about the draws. But now that I have one that I feel is like a really good draw. Yeah. Like, even though it's not as flavored or it's not the sweet tip, yep. like, I can see now, like, okay, that, that to me is what made the difference, is it's a really easy draw. the ex that I referred to earlier, um, she she likes to smoke cigars with me. And every once in a while, she'll get one, and it's plugged up, and she's done. She wants no part of it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what the flavor tastes like or anything. If if she has to work at the cigar, yep. that's she doesn't want that. She wants to sit that's and relax. That's not what I signed up for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I sat yeah. down to smoke, to be relaxed. And if it's frustrating, now I'm in the opposite position of what I was hoping exactly. to be in. Exactly. Yep. I'm not doing it. I'll give up so fast on it. But I've just had that one. Well, that's good. I couldn't even tell you what it was. And it was a bummer, too. I mean, I was like, dang, I was looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it'll wreck the experience, that's for sure. So we have put in an order for our uh, alcohol to try. And we're going we're gonna to show Pinky how to smoke your alcohol. But in the meantime... I noticed out of the corner of my eye, our good buddy Larry is on his way up to the pagoda. Larry is on his way up. Why don't you take a seat there, Larry? All right. Larry is getting up to the table here. So Larry is going to be reviewing. Pinky, have you met Larry? Larry, this is Pinky. I have not, but, I mean, he looks like a hot cop. <laughs> okay. He's actually an auctioneer, but. Yeah. but You, you, know, you couldn't whatever. tell from looking at him. I mean, if I saw him out in the wild. He's blushing Hello. now. What the yeah. hell? Wow. Anyway. So, he's, all right. he's speechless. <laughs> so today, Larry's going to be giving us another review. He's going to be reviewing the Phillies Cigarellos Watermelon. I have not had that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff typically has had a lot of these, but he has not had that one. I'll so, smoke it. I'll smoke a... Well, maybe let's know. hear his review, and then so, we'll see. So, Larry, why don't you give us your thoughts on the Phillies Cigarellos Watermelon? I'm sorry, Pinky. I just can't let this go on. Why? Now the dude's all pissed off. 
Look it, at him. He's throwing his arms up. He's getting all pissed off at you. This is pointless. You've just embarrassed him in front of a new friend. I'm sorry, Pinky. I'm sorry, Larry. Larry, damn it, Larry! Don't no 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 no! Don't don't don't! Come on, Larry! Son of a bitch! Well, now Larry's just stormed inside. You know, if I gotta sit and have chicken wings with the two of you again, and he's all pissed off and throwing bones at you, it's it's really awkward when when you do that here. That was a great review too, Jeff. God dang it! Seriously, don't encourage. Seriously. It- People like to know his thoughts, and you just shit all over him every time. I like him. I mean, he doesn't not like me, obviously, from the gesture because he made. Because you keep interrupting him. Let the man have his thoughts. Did he like the watermelon? We were getting there until somebody decided to interrupt him. Sorry. So. Oh, and here, here comes our drink. I don't know how this is going to be to smoke, whatever that is. <laughs> what is that? I don't it's know. It's like what strawberry that is. milk. It does look like strawberry milk. What hmm. is that? Ooh. A little something something. A little something something. Does it have a okay. name to it? It's called pink coconut. I made it up. It's called pink, pink co- coconut. Pink coconut. It's like she knows I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> this is pinky. This is. Okay. okay. Can we do it with this? Okay, so I tasted it. Taste it first. Okay. I, I don't know how this is going to be to smoke, but we'll see. I'm probably not going to, but you know. Ooh. Good well, that's job. Good. Um, Ooh, that is, that is uh, Captain Morgan. No? Coconut rum. No. Coconut vodka. Coconut vodka. Ooh, okay. Coconut vodka. Okay. So what you do, and it's going to be a little harder with the glass here, but we'll try it. Taking the smoke. Taking the smoke. That's cool. And just let that. No, it's going to blow away because of the wind, but. That's cool. Oh, gosh. Did you swirl it at all? Yeah. Okay. Very well, very little. I didn't want to get it all over me. But. Okay. And then what it'll do with uh, whiskey or different things like that, it'll actually change the flavor of the alcohol. It'll pull mm-hmm. the flavors out. Yes. Like, you can really taste, like, the barrel cask and all that kind of stuff. You can really taste the wood notes and stuff. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to try it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that didn't work out. Not one one bit like I hoped it would. Okay, hold Pinky on. Pinky failed on the smoking the alcohol <laughs> in the first round. We'll take two. I need, okay. like, an extra hand. <laughs> I know. Here. Sorry. Take, well, take that in, then I'll hold your cigar. Or you can put your okay. cigar down. Yeah, okay. do that. <laughs> He's tickled. Okay, here we go. She got some in there. Your hand's not big enough to cup the top of the glass. I don't have man hands. (laughs) Jeff, will you do it for me? Yes, I will do that. That's probably for the best. True. (laughs) I can't believe she asked me to touch her glass. I mean, it's her glass, not her ass, Jeff. He's a pro. Look at that. that. Well. We should get a picture. He's got big fat hands. Yes. Nice. This is yeah. a great drink. I feel like this gal knows me really well. Now, see if that changed up the complexity. Nope, but that's a damn good drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is probably the best example. But with your with your bison musk, mm-hmm. take that. With your giant round ice cubes that you have, because mm-hmm. we got to try those when we did the interview. Yep. And that was awesome. Maybe get a smaller glass that you can put your hand over. Yes. That would work. Like a little true. wine glass would work really well. That The beveled sides. Is that yeah. right? Beveled? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hold that in there. Okay. And it's funny, like if you're if we didn't have the wind that we have today, that smoke will just sit and dance, especially when there's ice in it. The smoke will just stick to the alcohol and just dance in the glass for a while. It's really cool. I don't know what that girl made. Alexis brought made this up I was for us. Say, it's really it's, good. It's pink and it's coconutty and but it's good. Coconut vodka. I've never had coconut vodka. Yeah, I don't know. 
can't I, say I thank have Thank you, either. Alexis. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's something that could be on the podcast, too. Do pairings once a month. We have we have done that a little bit in the past. A little okay. bit. But that may be, if, if Pinky uh, is so inclined to come on with us more often, that may be a segment See, that she can do. I will do there the research. I, like I will it. find some. I'm very familiar with the Kentucky bourbons. As we know, she'll put in the man hours. It's yes. true. It's true. Yes. So why don't we give some stuff away? Oh, I like that. Yeah. So it's time for the weekly giveaway. And folks, the way you sign up to be a part of the weekly giveaway is to sign up for the Cigar Pulpit newsletter that will someday maybe come out again. Yeah. We've done There's one. There's been one. We've done one. <laughs> I mean, you know. We have all those pictures from the Riverman event. You keep saying that, but yet you haven't sent me any. I sent you all of those. No, you didn't. Yeah, go back through your text. I don't think you did. I'll airdrop them to you before we leave today. Okay. okay. All right. Well, anyway. So sign up for the uh, newsletter that gets you entered to win. It does. And if you hear your name, you have until Monday of next week to send me an email at nickatcigarpulpit.com, just telling me I'm the winner and giving me your shipping address, and we will get your prizes sent to you. So we actually have two winners this week. One winner Ooh. is going to win. Bonus, bonus. One winner is going to win the uh, Martinez Cigars prize pack. And then the other winner is going to win a copy of When Tobacco Was King, A History of Tobacco in Canada and the United States by Paul Allen. Okay, they awesome. Turned up the music, I guess. They did. So, Anyway, so the first winner here who's going to receive the cigars is Ryan Hiles. Ryan Hiles. Ryan Hiles. You have until Monday to shoot me your email or your uh, address there, and I will get <clears throat> the uh, guys at Martinez to get those cigars to you right away. Also, can I just say, people don't know my name. I'm Ryan Hiles. Oh, well, there you <laughs> so go. You oh, okay. Go okay. ahead and give me that we'll just, prize oh, pack. Oh, <laughs> I see how that works. Okay. And you then, don't even have to ship it. <laughs> <laughs> the next winner who's going to receive a copy of When Tobacco Was King is Neil Harris. Neil Harris. Neil Harris. Was it Neil Patrick Harris? I, I don't think so. Wasn't he on Doogie Howser? I don't. He was Doogie Howser. Yeah. He was Doogie Howser, mm-hmm. but... I don't, I don't. And how I met your mother. I don't. Yes. I don't believe it is the same. And he was in Gone Girl, that was filmed in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and Southern Illinois. I don't know if you knew that. He was in Gone Girl. Yeah, he was the boyfriend in St. Louis that she goes to. I will have to rewatch that. Yeah, wow. Neil Patrick Harris is the boyfriend that go. has the like mansion in St. Louis that then she pretends she broke out of. Right. Yeah. Hope I didn't I spoil mean, spoiler, that for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. It's been out for a while, guys. It's on you. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but they filmed that in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and then they also used Giant City Lodge, where Nick and I spent the night once. <sighs> they used that in prominently in the movie as well. There you go. They do. Well, cool. Well, guys, make sure you get me your shipping address, and we will get these prizes sent to you shortly. So, we've been smoking the Padilla 1963. Mine is done. I did. I'm down to the. I didn't quite nub. have as me too. much. Of an issue with it as I thought I would. I will admit the cap of this thing is rather gnarly at this point. I had some wrapper leaf come off and whatever else. By and large, I mean, the rest of the cigar held together really well. Yeah. I've enjoyed mine. uh, and I've had a good even burn line on it. mm -hmm. So I will say. Which is hard to do out in the wind. The burn line on mine has been really good. It's been nice and and straight. And and you're right. With the the wind and everything, that's that's been a definite plus. So I've been really happy with that. And so honestly... I have nothing negative to say about the Padilla Siri 1963. I like the flavor. And I was kind of, I'm glad about that because I thought that I was going to have well, a you, horrible you kind smoking of, experience. You with could have potentially ruined your experience out with, with your cut when it yeah, janked it. Yeah, 
Exactly. But yeah, I didn't have any out. issues with that. I did a straight cut. You were Pinky really smoking that down to the nub. Oh yeah, I'm uh, okay. I'm cheap, and you may not know that about me, but like I'll I'll get to the point. I'm burning my fingers. Wow, you need one of those sticks. I do. You have yeah. to get one. It's not Jeff. a good look. It's, but you're cheap, and that's functional. So it's I feel true. like that could be right up your alley. I've done it before with a toothpick. You've seen I me do that say, actually. You can do it with a toothpick. Yeah. That's the other thing. Now that this is like sort of my new life. It just opens up a whole world. But of all the Christmas fancy, gifts. the fancy bedazzled, <laughs> yeah, all the fancy bedazzled pins. It's just not a good look for me. Oh well, yeah. darn it! There they goes your Christmas the, gift. They for have me. the little jewels and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're cool looking. They you would rock that, Pinky. But yeah, it's a little much for me. Is it? Well, if somebody wants to send me one, I'll test it out on the show. <laughs> there you go. You know what? The the one cool one that I've seen. We were at the Kansas City Cigar Festival last year. And this old boy had a fifty mil or a fifty caliber shell. Yep, and it was a cigar stand with the pin in it. You take basically you take the bullet out, and it's got the pin in the back. So you put the bullet down in the shell, and then it holds your cigar. It was really cool. It was really neat. Yeah, Yeah. it was really neat. It was really cool. Yeah, it really was. So before we go, there's one more thing we have to do. We've been working on segment ideas. Yes, and Nick found some really cool called pod decks. Yeah, they're like uh, cards that are are designed to give um, either show ideas, interview questions, or just conversation starters for for podcasts. And so I bought some of those, and uh, I brought them out, and we've been kind of looking at them here. And Pinky has been enthralled with the Would You Rather deck, and so she, I I think she wants to before we Let's go do a few questions, do 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 <laughs> maybe one or two of those. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. This is right up my alley. I was telling Gator before we started, like my husband fears being trapped in a car with me for four hours because uh-huh. these are exactly the type of questions uh-huh. that I ask. <laughs> and he, it's just not his thing. Sorry, so, guy. Okay. Sorry guy. So would you rather <clears throat> accidentally laugh loudly at a funeral or fart while giving a speech at a wedding? I have farted during a speech at a wedding. See, that's, that's, that's a good question because it's laugh loudly. So I know the parameters of that. But farting... Is it silent or is it loud? Let's just assume that loudly refers to both the laugh yes. and the fart. Okay. Oh. At a wedding, which assumes you're the best man. That's true. If you're giving a speech. If I'm going to give a toast, I'm going to fart. <laughs> but the laughter at a funeral, that, that can be taken really poorly by the family. <laughs> true. I mean, the farting thing, everybody's going to generally just Damn laugh you, at Roger. you. Yeah, they're Damn all just going to generally <laughs> laugh at you. You can, I wonder how and, many and people can, just got that got that quote. And you can kind of cover that up and just be like, "Who let a duck in here?" You know, and whatever else. So yeah, I I probably would have to go with the farting at the uh, speech at the wedding. Is is worse? Is is what I? That's would, what you'd rather. That's do. what I'd rather okay. do. Yeah, I mean, I don't really particularly want to do either. Have you one ever of gotten those. tickled when you're in church and it's the horribly inappropriate time and you can't stop laughing? Because I've done that. And you're like you're I like just crying know about, and like trying to keep the snicker in. I can't necessarily say church, but I know that's happened to me in other places where I've been. It's it's not appropriate for mm-hmm. me to just lose my shit, but I sit there and I'm just dying. dying. I did just that dying. Okay, laughing. so I'll pull the curtain back for a second. Our friend Jimeline that called in with the question earlier. Uh huh. Jimeline and I we we all know, you know each, each other. other. Yeah, we yeah. all well we all do. And well, Pinky may not, but she'll she'll get to know her. So we we were at a chamber meeting one time, and there were these people talking about tractor hoods. It was this whole thing about this big tractor festival that was coming to our county, 
and the folks that were doing the presentation went really long, and at one and and I like these folks, so you know. But it was one of those where thanks for taking your drink right in the middle of your sentence. I was about to cough. That was good. I was about to cough. Had to stop that. So they're talking about tractor hoods and how you can distinguish like one tractor from another based on the shape of the hood and the series and the year it was made. And I mean, it just everybody in the room is just like glossing over. You've been there. You've been been to meetings like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I text our friend Gemmaline. And all I text her was, life sucked. <laughs> and she's sitting with her back to me. So all I see is the back of her head, and she hears her phone buzz, and she looks down, and all of a sudden I see her just start <laughs> shaking. <laughs> she, she's trying to keep from laughing. <laughs> everyone in the room, at one point or another, turns around and is just staring at her like, what the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> I can be a real dick sometimes. Yeah, you can. Alrighty, next one. Okay. Would you rather okay. spend the night in a dumpster or a porta potty? Dumpster. <laughs> there you is did, far less not... shit in a dumpster. <laughs> I could go with dumpster too. Because the thing is, what might be in the dumpster might be food refuse. Yes. It might be paper mm-hmm. products. It might be a variety of different types of garbage. But in a porta potty, you know 100% you know that, that it is. is human waste. Yes. So, yeah, I'm going to definitely go with the dumpster on that <laughs> what, one. What about you, Pinky? Dumpster or porta potty? Yeah, that's true. We need to go back. So, laugh at a funeral or fart in a speech or dumpster or porta potty? Fart at a speech. Okay. Yeah. It, it, both are embarrassing, but yeah. one is a joyous occasion where it's okay if you do something a little silly, Goofy. and the yeah. other one is, I would be mortified if I left at someone's funeral. I really... This <laughs> wedding is horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Spend the night in a dumpster or a porta potty Mm, I probably dumpster. Yeah. I feel like the air circulation would be yes. better. Well, yeah, in a you dumpster. could pop, pop the two lids. lids and have yeah. a nice skylight. Mm-hmm. You know. Although I've been watching the Unsolved Mysteries. Have you guys been watching that on Netflix? No, like that not series yet. is back out, yeah. and one of them has to do with a body in a dumpster. So now all I think about it is, well, I might be trapped in a dumpster with a a, a body. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Still better than a porta potty. I guess it depends on the level of decomp. But I mean, still. do you have a nice big tall glass of Windex? Because that. What is your obsession <laughs> with drinking Windex? He's like big, big fat Greek wedding we'll over just, here. We'll just move on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather take cold showers for the rest of your life, or never get more than four hours of sleep at night ever again? Cold showers. showers. Yep. Same. Cold showers. I need my sleep. We cannot underestimate the value of a good night's no, sleep. I no, also need no. my cold showers. Ah. Uh. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, last one. Ready? Okay. <laughs> God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> Would you rather have your head be too big for your body or hands that are too small for your size? Nick can answer both of those. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Real world life experience. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nick, which one is the most inconvenient you son for of you? a bitch. <laughs> See, I was going to go the other way and be like, I already have a head that's too big for my body. <laughs> and anyway. But beat you do it. Yeah, now you just made it, like, you know, embarrassing Jeff instead of do it. dirty. But anyway. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. Probably, neither is a good option. Neither is a good option, but I, I, I don't want to be the guy with the giant melon. I think that's. You stretch out all your sweaters. 
That has more practical implications. You know, graduation hats don't fit. I had a friend in high school whose graduation cap, he got the extra large and it still didn't fit. Yeah, see, you just don't want to have the big head. Yeah. You don't want to be the big head guy. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I probably got to go hands. small hands. Okay. You? Gator. I think the ginormous bulbous head. <laughs> you really? Yeah. You'd go with the Mr. Mackey over there? Yeah. Okay. Have to have, like, one of those neck things to keep it propped up kind of deal. <laughs> With your gigantic pillow. Yes. <laughs> Head down. No. <laughs> it's so another I married an axe murderer. I can guarantee she hasn't seen So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> you are correct. Uh-huh. That, Where's okay. my dry erase board, Nick? It's that another. The only, the only part of that movie that's gold is when they're in the house going to have dinner and the kids, the kids in front of the TV... And then they start talking about the pentabarinth and Colonel Sanders. Oh, my God. And the grandfather's making fun of the kid for having a giant head. <laughs> and he's talking about how, you know, the one guy's like, oh, you're, you're going to make him upset. And he goes, oh, you're going to go cry himself to sleep on his giant pillow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Anyway. All right. Well. Pinky's ready for this to be over because you put the cards away. <laughs> <laughs> That was our cue. Oh, we, we can ask some more, but, but I think that. But no, <laughs> I think that's probably good. I think that's sufficient. Oh my god! Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Where can they find us, Jeff? Well, t- tell us, Nick. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> You're only sp- you have a couple of jobs, just a couple of jobs. All right. Anyway, we're on Instagram. Hey, Nick, where can they find us? We're on Instagram at the Cigar Pulpit and at Naked Gator. Any K K I D Gator. Yep, that's my page. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can always reach out to us through CigarPulpit.com. And make sure you call the Ask the Boys hotline at area code 863-874-0000. And stay tuned for the Pinky page. Yes. It's coming. It's coming. TBD. It's coming. Yep. She's working it out. Yeah. We're getting some pictures lined up. I'm curating my content. There you go. I like it. Make that dirty, Jeff. I dare you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do that to you. No. I don't know you that well. Nick, all day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Well, thank you so much for helping us out with this. Glad to be back. You guys are fun. fun. That's awesome. We got a lot of compliments on you on the first show that you were on. So I think this may turn into a little more regular thing. Yes. And it takes some of the heavy lifting off me. Because let's be honest, I carry Nick. (laughs) Fuck off. <laughs> and his big head, head and tiny Oh, hands. my God. Giant head and tiny hands. <laughs> my tiny hands are going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> little fist of fury. I can't pick your little T-Rex mix. Oh God damn it. Well, this is gone. He's kind of like on the Lawrence Welk thing on Saturday Night Live when he's popping the bubbles. You've just lost everybody. <laughs> if you've seen it, they're if they've seen it, they're laughing their ass off okay. right now. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna pull it up so you can watch it when we get done. Well, guys, this has been another sermon from the Scar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. And your girl Pinky. Yes. Everybody, stay safe and stay smoky. Pinky, I want to apologize for Nick. For what? Well, just all of it.